This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Thanks to Joe Biden, Ultra MAGA is trending. Joe Biden recently said that MAGA is the most extreme political organization in American history. It's objectively false. Because like, I don't know, the weather underground existed, but sure, whatever. The Trump supporters waving little American flags. That's what I'm worried about. I'm sure the left will come out and be like, but the insurrection. Okay, dude, sure, whatever. I'm not, I'm not even bothering with that. No, ultra MAGA, he calls it the ultra MAGA agenda. Well, Joe Biden, back in, I think it was 1982, you voted to, uh, not, I, I believe it was voting against Roe v. Wade. So I wonder what that means about you, because if anything's changed in this country, it's not really been the right, except the right's actually moved leftward. Conservatives are now like okay with gay marriage to a certain degree, whereas they weren't 14 years ago. I mean, 10 years ago, they weren't. So if anything's happened in this country, everything's moved a little bit to the left. So Joe Biden is absolutely wrong, but we'll talk about this. We've got a bunch of other stuff too. Will Chamberlain, friend of the show, produced a thread on who he thinks may have leaked the SCOTUS ruling from the Supreme Court. And Eric Swalwell essentially is threatening, you know, oh, you're going to get sued or whatever. They're really getting triggered about this because I think Will may have actually discovered something. Well, I don't want to say too much because they're very litigious people. But Will makes the case that it's possible this person could be somebody who leaked some information. We'll read through what he said and uh, we'll be we'll be careful about it. We got a bunch of other stories. Elon Musk. We were originally going to leave this one this one. There's a there's an a, a 26 leftist organizations calling for an advertiser boycott of Twitter if Elon Musk wants to change things. So we've got this article talking about the Legion of Doom. Elon Musk slammed this or this this uh, letter saying who is funding this people? Surprise surprise, one of the people is George Soros. Joining us to talk about all of this, we've got a couple different people. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? You can start Alan. Hello, I'm Alan Bakari. I'm the senior tech correspondent for Breitbart News. Uh, my job is to expose Silicon Valley and everything they're doing to manipulate your elections, take your speech away, and harvest your data. Uh, I'm John Schweppe. I'm the policy director at American Principles Project. We're a conservative group in D.C., and we also focus on uh, big tech issues. So Alam and I have had uh, a lot of fun working together over the last few years. Uh, Ian Cross and Wild Freaking Hippie. Uh, also, I co-founded Minds, so I'm really down to get to, get to brass tacks about the tech uh, implications, what we're seeing here. Great to have you guys. And I know basically nothing about tech, so I'm very excited to learn about some of that tonight. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to help support our journalists and the work we do. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments from this show Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. We'll have another one of those up another one of those up tonight at 11 p.m., members only. And you're also keeping our journalists gainfully employed as we hire more and expand our news operation. And you're going to allow us to keep doing our fancy little culture jamming marketing stuff we have planned. A bunch of cool stuff is in the works. We're just trying to, you know, I don't know, rustle up some feathers and trigger some some uh, blue check authoritarian elitists. I think we're going to do a good job of it. It should be really exciting. When I talk to people behind the scenes about what we have planned, they all just go, whoa, are you crazy? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> we're going some crazy stuff. Yes. Someone suggested that we hire like a thousand people to dress up like syringes and go dance around Woo. in D.C. or something. And Love I'm it. like, maybe 
That's kind of the crazy kind of stuff I'm interested in doing. And then these blue checkies will be like, who is doing this? And people are running around dressed up like syringes or whatever. <laughs> so again, go to TimCast.com, become a member, but smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, and share the show with your friends. It's time we discuss Ultra MAGA. Oh, cool. Joe Biden is warning about the Ultra MAGA agenda. That that really does sound like a Trump anime or, or, or manga. You know, the Ultra MAGA. And they're like fighting. They always end up making uh, the right sound super cool. Like first, <laughs> it, first it was deplorable. Yeah. Now it's uh, now it's Ultra MAGA. Ultra MAGA. What does it mean? I don't what? know. <laughs> does it mean it's awesome? Ultra. What is okay, ultra more? Look, look. Joe Biden was talking about the Roe v. Wade thing. He's insane. He's an insane person. Okay. I, I just have to say that. And you know, I, I always, I'm always a little reluctant to say that because there's going to be some, you know, red pill curious left leaning person who's like, I guess I'll check out Tim Cast IRL. Then, then they hear something like that and they get scared and they, and they, they run away and they're like, no, he's far right. Let me just, let me just explain. Okay. Give me a second. Let me, let me try and break it down for you. MAGA is the most extreme political organization in American history. That's a quote from Joe Biden. The weather underground was a thing. They blew stuff up and killed people. Okay. Biden warned that after Roe v. Wade was struck down, conservatives might try to ban LGBTQ kids from classrooms. Where did that come from? It's he like just made it up. Just literally yeah. made that up. That's not a thing. That's not happening anywhere. But you see, this is what happened. Recently, Joe Biden was asked about Title 42. And his response was, well, you got to get the scientists have got to review it, you know, and then we'll appeal to the courts. And it's like, wait, what? Joe, are you talking about are you talking about COVID or something? You were talking about immigration. We talking? He confused the mask uh, mandate repeal with immigration. The man is not well. He is not able to articulate his thoughts. This MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political organization that's existed in American history. All right. I just like to make one point. Joe Biden. In response to news that the Supreme Court voted to overturn Roe v. Wade, said that that MAGA is the most extreme political organization in American history, and it's it is it is based upon overturning Roe v. Wade. All right, here you go, Joe. Biden changed position on Roe v. Wade in 1982 when Biden was a senator from Delaware. He voted to end Roe v. Wade under former President Ronald Reagan. The administration was focused on ending abortion rights at the federal level. An amendment was proposed to the Senate Judiciary Committee to allow individual states to overturn Roe v. Wade. He said, I'm probably a victim or a product, you know, however you want to phrase it, of my background, citing his Catholic upbringing. If anything's more extreme today, it's Joe Biden. It's a hypocrite. No, look, the psychological thing, projection, right? We talk about this all the time. Uh, that's what's happening here. Obviously, you know, you mentioned this, Tim, but uh, MAGA, you know, in a lot of ways is left of where the Republican Party is 20 years ago. I mean, 10 years ago, 10 years ago. Um, you know, you look at like trade and things <clears throat> like that. That was those were issues where the Democrats were. Um, but 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 Joe Biden and the Democratic Party, we're talking about abortion till the moment of birth. We're talking about sex changes for kids. We're mm -hmm. talking about censoring free speech. So I think when he says that ultra MAGA, which is really cool, by the way, uh, is the most dangerous political movement, I, I think the truth is that the Democrats are, are, are really threatening that now. The reason Biden is able to get away with this and the reason why a substantial number of people in the country will believe him is because of the media. 
the media memory holds every single example of left-wing extremism mm-hmm. and amplifies anything they can pin on Republicans. So we'll always remember the trespassers at the Capitol, but we won't remember the people who bombed the Capitol in the 1980s, uh, the leftists linked to the weather on the ground, as, uh, as you said, Tim. Um, actually, there might have been another different left-wing extremist groups group. Even I'm forgetting the details. There's just so many. Even I'm know. forgetting the details because the media just doesn't <laughs> talk about here's, these things ceaselessly. Here's the here's here's the issue. You know, they come out and they're like, "But there's so many far-right extremists," and I'm like, "There are many far-right extremists, sure, but do they have any institutional power? Are the people who stormed into the Capitol on January 6 working at CNN or the New York Times? Are any of those people are are they being supported and defended by CNN and the New York Times? Oh well, when Black Lives Matter and Antifa rioted across this country in 2020, causing billions of dollars in damage. And I think it resulted in between 26 and 32 dead. Mm -hmm. They were actively defended by the sitting vice president and president and the media actively defended them. My favorite is fiery, but mostly peaceful. Mm -hmm. So if I take issue with that, you know, and then you're like, but what about the insurrectionists? And I'm like, oh, the people who are violent should go to prison. But those people don't have any support from the major cultural institutions they don't work there. You actually have active Antifa people at the New York Times. Actively. Okay, you don't you don't have that with the MAG people, but they're like, but they're police officers. I'm like, dude, in what? Like Bumblehaven in 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 Bufu? Podunk? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm really worried about the Podunk cop who drove a couple hundred miles and rioted. Oh, arrest the guy, put him in jail, fine, I get it. But that is not an institution that is going to harm my life. And and look at the difference here between the two parties, right? The Republicans do everything they can to disavow the insurrectionists, disavow the far right, you know, the alt-right people. The Democrats create GoFundMes for bailout funds for the pro- the the mostly peaceful protesters oh, in the summer I pulled up this uh the bombing you were talking about in the Capitol. Nineteen oh. eighties, a far left group called M nineteen uh bombed the Senate. Huh. It was women I think it was a group of women. But it was like a male oh it, was, it wasn't all women. It was like looks like four women and two guys. They call it like a Yeah, I'd never heard of M- I don't think I've ever heard M19 until tonight, so thank you yeah, for bringing I, that up. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people haven't heard about it because uh, wh- whoever controls the history books, whoever controls the news, doesn't want us remembering it. Uh, you know, we have an alternative news media now, which is great. We probably need alternative history as well. Yeah, they're communist communist organization. Well, and has everybody forgotten about Asada Shakur and her mm-hmm. shootout on the Jersey Turnpike? That was in, I want to say, the 70s. I'm not sure exactly, but that's just another thing that they never, ever talk about. Incredibly dangerous. People literally died. It's just not a big deal. Yo, this is crazy. Look, I pulled up M19. Oh, From 1982 to 1985, M19 CEO committed a series of bombings including bombings of the National War College, the Washington Navy Yard, Computing Center, the Israeli Aircraft Industries. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. New York City, South African consulate. Wow. The Washington Navy Yard Officers Club. They got a whole bunch here, man. Yeah. But there's no way those guys are the most extremist movement in American history. That's uh, well, well, ultra MAGA. No, no, no. Hold yes. on. Hold on. Hold, hold on. Let's be honest and be real. They didn't vote for Trump. Okay. Oh, so I everything know, else, right. it's like yeah. it's, it's bad. It's but, bad, but it's not quite there. 
It's, yeah. it's really like it's, it, it becomes obvious as you learn how governments will use organizations as like fall guys when it's time. Alum, it's it's explosive, but mostly peaceful. Yes, <laughs> that's it's, what we're... it's bad, but not ultra bad. Yeah, ultra exactly. Bad. <laughs> we we even have recent examples. I mean, that's from the eighties. But do you guys remember the Family Research Council shooting that happened like six years no. ago, seven years ago? No one talks about this, but this they were targeted for being an anti-gay hate group. And someone oh, yeah, went in there right. with Chick-fil-A sandwiches, was planning to put Chick-fil-A sandwiches on the dead corpses of wow. all the people that oh. worked there. Yikes. This happened. And wasn't wasn't that like the SPLC? Yep. Was the, yep. The SPLC named them. And then, so and then they the were, group went yeah. after them. I, yeah. no I mean, you also had the, the, the Bernie guy who went and shot up yeah. the baseball game. Yep. I don't think MAGA is an organization. It means make America great again. It was a it was a phrase that Donald Trump used. You could say that people are rallying around and attempting to create some sort of organized movement. That based on Donald Trump, like a campaign, but there's MAGA is just a statement that means make America great again. So I don't understand why he's trying to create a, a political this movement is, out of that. Statement. This is what's this is what's happening. And uh, we'll, I'll, 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 I'll say it early just for you, John. Civil war. OK, now, now <laughs> hold on. I'll tell you, I'll explain. This leak from the initial draft in Scotus never happened before that a draft was leaked like this. There was a meme post from some leftist guy that had like 20,000 retweets or some huge number. And he was saying that his law professor told him this is an egregious violation of the court and the integrity of the court. And he was like, I responded, taking away women's rights is a worse scandal. And the professor said, I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about for the courts and what they need to do. And then the person responded, women are losing their rights across this country and you're worried about this. And I'm just like, I don't look. If the if the people who are supposed to be coming into the courts do not care for the process of law, the process of justice, then you're going to have psychotic activists saying precedent law and the fabric of this nation doesn't matter. What matters is what I think is right. So you those kind of people in courts, you're going to go into court and be like, I didn't break the law. The law says I'm allowed free speech. There's no law saying I can't say naughty words. And he goes, I don't care prison. That's what you end up getting. You get activist judges like, who, who, who was it? Was it, um, wasn't, was it Sotomayor? No, no, no. Was it Kagan? One of the Supreme Court justices who said that, uh, I don't understand why the, the federal, Sotomayor, yeah. Yeah, which is like, I, I don't understand why the states would have this power, not the federal government or something like that. What? And, and everyone was just like, screams in ninth and tenth. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're a Supreme Court justice and you don't know these Jeez. things. So we, I can rag, but, but I'll tell you what's happening to go back with why Joe Biden said MAGA is the most extreme. If you put out an article or, or a rallying cry that says Donald Trump is racist, it will not work again. You've got to up the ante. So the next day it's, he's the worst racist. You can't say that again. You got to up the ante. The next day you say he's almost as bad as Hitler. Hmm. You can't say it again. So the next day he is as bad. The next day he's worse than. You have to keep escalating it because people want that fix of anger and hatred, and they need a reason to hate and be angry. So Joe Biden comes out, and he needs a way to rile people up for uh, the midterms. The Roe v. Wade thing leaks, and he says, they're the most extreme organization in American history. And you know know what he's doing? He's targeting Mm. 18-year-olds. 18-year-olds who don't know about the Weather Underground, who don't know about M19CO, who don't know about these bombings who don't even know about Joe Biden. Because we've had these leftists on the show and they're like, I don't know anything about Biden or his administration or what he did with Obama. And I'm like, well, they blip kids, but they don't know that. He says it. M-19, they believe it. I don't know nothing about no M-19. M-19CO. It's uh, the May 19th communist organization. So here's what's going to happen. 
Right now, I think the one thing that's preventing just balls to the wall chaos and violence, boomers. Boomers were 30 years old or so in the 90s, and they 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 were the political faction that overlapped Democrat Republican. To this day, it is still mostly true. We had a boomer on the show recently. We talked to her, and she didn't know anything about what was going on with our generation's politics. When the boomers age out, retiring, exiting politics, and or passing on, that tether is gone, and you're going to have millennials who are very much at odds in the culture. Where, I mean, look at where we are compared to where the young Turks are. But it's it's all screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. But we do have young people, and there are some older people involved. Don't get me wrong. Boomers are involved. But they're overtly fighting in the streets. What happens when Gen Z and Gen Alpha are raised in a world dominated by millennial worldview, which is hyperpolarized? What happens when the next generation comes in raised by millennials? Millennials are going to have kids. Uh, Gen Z is going to have kids. And their kids are going to be raised in those ideologies, completely bifurcated pol- politics in this country. That's when chaos happens. The one thing that I think is, is missing from all of the discussions about escalation of violence and hyperpolarization in this country is how demographics shape what's going to happen in this country. If in the 2000s, conservatives were having more kids than liberals, then by 2020, you would have a generation that was slightly more conservative. Surprise, surprise. We literally have that only slightly, though. The left doesn't have kids. They have your kids. So as long as they're in schools indoctrinating, now you've got millennial uh, conservatives and, gen, uh, you know, Xennial, I guess, necessarily Gen X because they're a little older, but people in their 40s and down to millennial are fighting in these schools and complaining about it. You do have some boomers involved, some older generation stuff. They're fighting about the indoctrination. The indoctrination is likely going to stop because of the culture wars, or at least I believe it will. The left is going to react, revolt. The one thing that may happen is if they can't indoctrinate conservative kids, then leftism just fizzles out because these these people, I mean, let's be real. They don't have kids. If they get pregnant, they abort their babies and they are actually moving towards sterilizing or at least permanently damaging the, damaging the reproductive organs of their children. Mathematically, it just stands to reason 20 years from now, it's going to be two to one conservative in this country. Yeah, but that's assuming that they don't have your kids. That's the thing about horizontal gene translation. There's there's vertical gene translation, which is parent to child. Then there's horizontal, which is your environment changes your genetics. And if you have enough kids getting brainwashed with TV where they're being told they're transgender, they're being told they're evil or wrong, that's they could very well become that. Daily Me- Wire. Memes versus genes. The entire education system is leftist. Um, and then you also have culture and people on social media telling you how to be leftist to be cool or else you get canceled. If you're an impressionable teenager, you're going to respond to those things. But uh, not if you're a French teenager, apparently. One of the interesting things I've noticed from the recent uh, French election was that uh, the younger people in France tend to be more supportive of the right there, which is an interesting contrast with America. But this, uh, I no, I think that tracks exactly with you know what we're talking about. That the, the uh, in the 2000s, conservatives were having slightly more kids than liberals. Twenty years—that means someone who was born in in 2000, they're 22 years old. They're voting. And they're more likely to be conservative because conservatives had more kids. That's it. It doesn't matter if you win the culture war. It doesn't matter if uh, uh, you've been effective in your persuasion. This, this, to start, the most influential element is the parents. That's why they're going for schools. They need to they need to cut the parents out because they know parents are more conservative than they are. 
Right. And I, I think the white pill in all this is we do seem to see a movement pushing back against this indoctrination. I think that's what the Virginia governor's race last year was all about. And, you know, the, the, the thing here that I see is that I don't really see when we talk about civil war, uh, which is always a fun topic. To me, it seems like conservatives won't ever be the instigators, but but progressives, leftists, woke, woke people will. Um, and so it's really critical, I think, for us to, uh, you know, to take back power, to be willing to use the government to, to, to shut down some of these institutions that are trying to do this indoctrination um, to really go after them. And so that's that's like one of the biggest debates on the right right now is like, are we going to continue to be this like small government party that lets schools do whatever they want to your kids? Or are we going to take a more active role and, and say, no, absolutely not. Parents should have some control over that. Yeah, the meme works both directions, works in multiple directions. You you may have indoctrination towards one thing, but just this show having you, you listening to this right now are you are being indoctrinated. You, this is the part of the conversation. And if you want your kids to learn this kind of information, let them listen to this kind of conversation. It works. And so we can we can heal the earth and we can heal our minds and our children's, you know, forethought proactively by by exposing kids to good ideas and this is why for me it all comes back to internet censorship i think this is the most important issue for all of these culture war topics because if you control the flow if you can't control the flow of information then you can't indoctrinate people i remember being in college and you know uh, hearing absolute nonsense from uh, from gender studies professors and think and thinking that sounds a bit Weird. I'm going to go and look things up on the Internet, see what the Internet has to say about this particular debate about the social construction of gender. And then I'd find threads on 4chan and Reddit that breaks it, that broke it all down and explain and explain to me that, yes, I was absolutely correct. You are listening to nonsense right now. Huh. Here's the facts. Here's the data. Yeah. Um, so it, it comes back to Internet censorship. If you fix this is why they're so fixated on it. This is why they're so determined to stop Elon Musk. Uh, bringing free speech back to Twitter, if they can't, if they can't control those choke points of information, uh, the indoctrination machine completely collapses. And as as these left wing institutions, you know, really beclown themselves, I think people are the media, for example, you look CNN's ratings, MSNBC's ratings always going down, uh, you know, some of these things, I think people realize, okay, these institutions are bad. But as Alam said, like, if you take away our ability to access information, take away our ability to uh, go to the Daily Wire, or go to some of these other institutions to kind of counter this programming, then, you know, people are going to say, well, I, I heard that Trump's a racist. I guess that's true because that's the only source that they, they saw. Ah, they're losing. <clears throat> I, I hear it more and more. And, and, and you know, the craziest thing to me, actually, is having people say things like, you know, I started watching your videos and then I kind of realized about all the lies. And it's just it's really fascinating because we have been doing this now for, for a little while. But it's not just it's, – it's about, you know, Stephen Crowder. It's about even people like Jimmy Dore, you know, who's a, who's a leftist but who are challenging the establishment. It's, it's about breaking points with Crystal and, and Sager. These – more and more people are rising up doing shows just saying no to the manipulation and the lies. So it'll be, it'll be fascinating when these institutions lose their power. But let's, let's talk about your article, Alan. We have the story from Breitbart. Legion of Doom. 26 leftist NGOs team up to stop Elon Musk from changing Twitter. Alan, what's this all about? So the left, as you all know, have been freaking out nonstop for the past uh, two or three weeks because of Elon Musk, who calls himself a free speech absolutist, and his plans to bring free speech absolutism back to Twitter, which is the correct way of explaining it. Free speech was originally an ideal of Twitter. Uh, they changed that. Elon Musk wants to take them back to their roots. What is this? And they can't let that happen because... 
Who's this old guy? Uh, I've never seen that guy before. Who is he? That's a good question. He looks familiar. That's, uh, yeah, that's uh, old Jack George. Dorsey? <laughs> Jack Dorsey. That's the old CEO of Twitter. He's not aging. Jack oh, that's, Dorsey. That's, uh, is that Trump's kidding, that's dad? Luke Rutkowski. That is oh, Jorge. Yeah. This is... Uh, Soros. George Soros. That's Jorge right. Soros. Wait, are we allowed to say that? I thought that was like an anti-Semitic yeah, thing no, to even say his name say out his loud. Name. George Soros yeah, yeah. is allowed remember, to be re- said. Yeah, remember yeah. when um, Newt Gingrich, I think it was, who was it? They mentioned George Soros on Fox, and Fox was like, Shut no. And he was like, what? He said George Soros was funding DAs. I'm like, no, no, we don't talk about that. And he was like, but he is. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, it's not a secret. Yeah, so so he's funding a lot of these organizations. Is that what's going on? He is. Uh, so are some foreign governments. What? So uh, yeah. some foreign governments are funding these organizations. Uh, the government of Sweden, the government of Canada, Denmark, uh, the Netherlands. Foreign interference That's in our right. elections? Yep. Indeed. Heavens! Foreign manipulation of social media. I can't media. believe this. There's no way the left would be that hypocritical. Next, you're, tell- you're going to tell me that the left is advocating for using horse medicine to induce abortions. <laughs> oh, wait. They are. <laughs> this is you part of why. You can't make it up. When I think people's obsession, <laughs> maybe not obsession with nationalism, but like adherence to nationalism worries me because it's like, let's be realistic. We're on a global stage now. Everything is global. There is no more. I mean, there is still a United States Constitution, but the United States is permeable. Everything is here. We're all interacting with each other at this point. This so- is... This is literally what Jack Dorsey was saying on, on Rogan. He was like, well, we're making rules for – I think it was actually Vijaya. We're making rules for our global community. And I'm like, this is America. This is America. We got American law here. You don't silence someone for some, some other country. What are you talking about? Yeah, and that's, that's all Elon Musk has said. He said he uh, wants free speech on Twitter to go as far as the law and no further. That's and, a very reasonable position. And he said people can change the law. He's like, if they don't like it, they, gotta change, they can change the law. You can. Well, you remember when uh, when there was a debate as to whether this acquisition would take place, uh, Saudi Prince came out and said, yeah. you know, they had a huge stake in Twitter. And they were like, absolutely not. The reason is because they need to be able to censor their own citizens and, and oh, yeah. their own citizens are using Twitter. I love this. Take a look at this. The full list includes free press. Ah, yes, the free what? press. <laughs> oh, um, you may remember them from such campaigns like stop people from having free press. Yeah. <laughs> what? Is this freepress.net? Classic. Is that who that is? I think it's the same one, yeah. Because I want to give a shout-out to freepress.net because I know some of the people who used to work there. And I remember, you know, back during Occupy when they were very much like free press, free speech, until Donald Trump got elected. And then they were like, we should ban speech. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember talking to this guy, and I was like, dude, how – like I I had hung out with him. And then a few months later, he was advocating for banning Alex Jones. And then I was like, I thought you were the free press. And he was like, but this is hate speech. I'm like, when did you guys start deciding – that certain things weren't free press anymore. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Dude, I, I pulled up their organization on the Wayback Machine, and it was like, we believe in free speech and the free press. And then you look, at some point, all of a sudden, it's like, diversity and equity are our core values. And I'm like, that's not free press. Right. You know, they lost it. You, you go back and you look at the way the left and the liberals used to write about Twitter, used to write about social media. They used to praise them for free speech. They used to praise them for opening up communications, for democratizing the news until Trump wins. Yeah, Trump wins. It's all great until Trump yeah. wins. And that's so weird. There's and they realized, and they realized how much institutional power they have. And they realized, hey, you know, we can prevent Trump from winning again. Let's exert it. And now they're just full-blown left fascists. I mean, that's just where they They even used to praise data mining for elections. There's this fantastic article. Maybe we can pull it up. It's called, you can, you can probably Google it. You'll find it. It's called Obama, Facebook, and the Power of Friendship. Oh my. This is the way they were writing about the way Facebook data was used in 2012. 
From The Guardian? Yes. <laughs> Obama, Facebook, and the power of friendship. The power the of friendship. 2020 data election. But then Donald Trump did the same thing. Actually, I don't even think he did. I, I do I do think, because I read a lot about the Cambridge stuff. Yeah. No, he did far less than this. I think it's Fa- all, all BS. Facebook gave the Obama campaign their entire social graph. Like Cambridge Analytica was nothing compared to what Facebook did in 2012. And I think a lot of what, I think they overhype what Cambridge was actually doing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like they can't, you know, whatever, let them lose. Yeah. These, these are people who can't admit to themselves that they suck. And so it's like they're at a party. They've got, you know, dog crap all over their boots and no one will go near them. And they're like, it's because I'm too cool. Huh. You know, the, the real problem is <laughs> Russia. Russia's telling everybody not to hang out with me. Dude, Russia's so lame. That's what they're doing. It's like, no, you suck. Hillary was terrible. Why would you run Hillary Clinton? And they did. And it's funny because, yo, if they picked literally anybody else, Trump would not have won. Like, they went with one of the least popular persons. Yeah, Bernie Sanders would have beat him for sure. I definitely think Bernie Sanders would have won. But I think they could have found, like, you could have taken any any moderate Democrat. Probably probably Joe Biden. Probably would be that's true. Twenty sixteen, but I guess because of his son is why he didn't run. That's they 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 had planned for Joe Biden to run. Oh, Hillary was was just next in line. She was going to get it. She was not going to have that's very regime. Yeah, anyone who got in her way, you know. That's crazy. <laughs> metaphorically, <laughs> metaphorically, of course. The DNC just chooses the candidate. Like the that's really meme. crazy. Yeah, did the super did, delegates and all that. I mean, that's what they did. Did you guys like, see the meme? The Twitter account Roe v. Wade says, "I have information that will lead yeah. to the arrest and prosecution <laughs> of Hillary Clinton." <laughs> Anything gets canceled, shut down, ends. Like a, a burger shop can go out of business, and someone will make a meme about yeah. Hillary Clinton. I think what what gets me about this, what and I think, think I'm trying to see the point of view. The other point of view here is that Trump can go on stage and be like, "The sky." Is not blue. The sky is red. This, I heard the sky is red. And then a bunch of people will go online. They'll be like, the sky actually is red. No, and people will be like, okay, there are such things as cult worshipers that believe anything, even if it's not real, when they hear it from their cultist. When they're cult- so people are afraid of that, and they want to censor it. I think That's, of it backwards. I think he's a very powerful speaker, and people believe Donald him at Trump his word. reads a story about some potential medications that was published in TechCrunch. Because I know, because I read the news. Two days later, Donald Trump goes, did you hear the news about this thing? It's, it sounds very great. There's a, a medication. We're, we're, we're very excited for this. And then the media all of a sudden flips and is like, no, it's all bad. Donald Trump is dangerous. And I'm like, but you reported on these studies. Donald Trump had a tendency of watching cable TV, putting too much stock in these institutional news outlets because he kept giving them interviews, believing them. But then the next day, they'd be like, uh, actually, the thing we said yesterday is gone. Here's a good example. Politico reported that Ukraine meddled in the 2016 yeah. election. And then when Donald Trump and Trump supporters started complaining about it, Politico then reported that Ukraine did not meddle in the... I'm like, good stuff. Are, have you retracted the initial report yet? No. Okay. You know what, man? And so that's actually, you know, to your point, I think what's happening in reverse, we can point this out that Politico, you know, basically made something up. And we're able to do that in the digital public square and correct people and help them come to the truth. And so with your point, if if this was a good faith argument that they were making, it's actually better for them to say the sky is red out in the public square because we'll be able to correct them and guide them to where the truth is. Unfortunately, what they're doing is they're they're suppressing it. And so you're going to have two Americas. Yeah, it's and a, that's oh, where it's an overreaction. Let's just let, let's just let's just uh, look, but it could very well because be an I intentional know, overreaction. Because I know there are many people who want to share this show 
and share the show with people who are not initiated in the past several years of politics. Here is an article from Politico in 27, uh, January of 2017 from Ken Vogel and David Stern. Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Trump backfire. Huh. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Ukrainian government officials tried to help Hillary Clinton and undermine Trump by publicly questioning his fitness for office. They also disseminated documents implicating a top Trump aide in corruption and suggested they were investigating the matter only to back away after the election. And they helped Clinton allies research damaging information on Trump and his advisors, a Politico investigation found. They this never is, retracted this. This is damning evidence. This is a story that came out right after the election that is still there, that has never been retracted. But yes, Politico and every other outlet came out. I, my, my favorite moment, shout out David Pakman when he did a segment about Meet the Press asking Ted Cruz, do you think Ukraine meddled in the election? And Ted's like... It was reported by Politico and like NBC. And then a guy in the background starts laughing. So like it's super unprofessional. And Pac-Man is like, wow, they're laughing at him. And I'm like, David, did you Google the story? He, They don't do it. They live in crackpot fake news reality where I can at least say this. Maybe Ukraine did not meddle in the election. Maybe. But Politico's reported both they did and they didn't. I mean, so you tell me what's true. I, I bet they all did. At this point, it's a global game, and the United States is the leader. So everyone involved, everyone's involved that possibly can Yeah, be. but it's it's good if there's global meddling to help the Democrats. It's only right, yeah. bad if it helps the Republicans. Um, I mean, that's their perspective, you, like, honestly. One thing that irks me about what you just said, Tim, is that you said, did they Google it? And we're talking about censorship <laughs> and who controls the gateway of what you can see at Google. Yeah. So, like, did you Google it? Does it even matter if Google can decide what's going to be on the Google search results? I don't like using Google as a verb. Yeah. Think of it as a company that has a search algorithm that is very hidden from view. I use Brave as my search. Well, mm. the fact well, is that people don't do the barest amount of research before they talk about anything, including this. So someone like David Pakman can just be like, oh, my gosh, you're laughing at him. That must mean it's crazy, right? No, it's actually not. And if you looked into it, you'd know it. It's so, like one of the first things you To say. wrap up what I was saying, Trump will say something, whether it's true or not, people and then people may or may not believe it. They're afraid that the cultists will believe him at face value, and that's dangerous. So they try and suppress it. But I think also that there's like, Trump wasn't part of the liberal economic order. He didn't want American military supremacy all over the earth, and they didn't like that. So now they're going far beyond like, hey, this guy's dangerously corrupting people too. This guy's impeding our agenda. So let's make sure that we smash him in the press. That's the vibe I'm getting from it. And uh, I'm tired of it. So we're building decentralized free software, which will be AGPL, where you can run your own network. 
and have your own server and interact with other people using the software, try and bypass this stuff. I'm still concerned with Verizon having ISPs and things like that. We got to figure out a way to like use decentralized tech like Noster, NOSTR, stuff like that, where we don't need an internet to interact with each other. It's all meshed web stuff. Look at this. Look at this. Politico. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. When Russian disinformation met a Trump obsession, the Kremlin may have been laying the groundwork for blaming Ukraine for 2016 as early as 2015. Oh, my gosh. What? Are you crazy? Three weeks after Election Day 2016, the Kremlin officially floated a theory that would ultimately lead to only the third presidential impeachment in U.S. history. Ukraine seriously complicated the work of Trump's election by planting information aimed at damaging his campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, a spokesman for Russia's, Russia's foreign ministry, told reporters on November 30th. 2016, accusing the Ukrainian government of scheming to help elect Hillary Clinton. This is the Euro Maidan. Just fascinating. Just so fascinating that Politico reported that Politico was Russian disinformation. Okay. Okay, so look, I'll say this. Maybe it is. Maybe Politico really is Russian disinformation. Good job, Politico. Why did you not retract the initial article then? If you're going to publish a story claiming it was Russian disinformation that Ukraine meddled, retract your own story and apologize. You are fake news. Fake news. This is also concerning because there was the government. Basically, there was a revolution in the Ukraine in 2014. You know, the, the, I don't know if the CIA was involved in it, but that's what I, I've heard that a bunch. I, I can't verify. 100% backed by Western uh, Western intelligence. Like, I, I don't think that's even in dispute anymore. And my, so my, if that's the government that was meddling to keep Trump out of office, it doesn't surprise me. My thing about the whole Ukraine war right now is the U.S. and the West was using soft power to win over Ukraine. That's what they were doing. It's better than kinetic warfare. Russia mm. is being terrible at what they do and not understanding how to compete in fourth and fifth, genera- fifth, genera- fifth generational warfare decides just going with bombs and tanks, killing people and destroying a country. So I don't like what the U.S. was doing when they do these, these manipulation campaigns. But I think the reality of the world is that everything is influence peddling. China's going for the, you know, the, the, what is it, the Belt and Road Initiative or whatever. They're going and they're offering money. The U.S. going to Ukraine to be like, we're going to give you a billion dollars. We're going to give you all this stuff. Get us what we want. I'm like, okay, welcome to global politics. Joe Biden going in and being like, fire the prosecutor or you're not getting the billion dollars. Joe Biden should be in prison for that. But, you know, I think Russia's wrong. It to seems like the liberal economic order is the Borg and that the Russian Confederation Federation is the Klingons. Like, they're just brute, brute force. Yeah, the Ru- Russian soft power, like, really is pitiful compared to the U.S. All these myths about, you know, the KGB and their, uh, you know... In, in, insane covert abilities. I mean, they weren't able to stop a coup happening on a country right in their border. Uh, U.S. soft power really is unparalleled, yeah. even compared to China's. I would say, although China's catching up. It's 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 tough because I don't like war. I don't like uh, uh, conflict and violence and bombs and nukes and all that stuff. But if if it's like if the line is that the US goes to countries and they're like we're going to give you a bunch of money to side with us i'm like isn't that better in terms of global interests to like at least sort do trade kind of you get look at the economic the confessions of an economic hitman he wrote about that they come in and they offer money and then it, but if you say no that's when the problem begins cuz the, then they're like okay now this, we got to send this is my point. Well, the jackals here's the thing with ukraine though you are kind of asking for trouble if you do that to a country on the borders of a great power. Estonia and Latvia are NATO countries on the border of Russia. I think the issue is that Russia needs the warm water port with uh, with Crimea. 
And so that's a big issue for Russia. The U.S. is encroaching, and I think Russia is one of the next dominoes to fall. So Russia probably tolerated Estonia and Latvia. With Ukraine, they were like, Ukraine goes in 20 years, we go. You take a look at what happened with those Instagrammers from Russia crying, no, don't ban me. Russia already lost the culture war. Or I should say they're losing it, and now they're trying to reverse it. But man, are they late. Their, their children were being indoctrinated by Western social media. And so they were freaking out when Russia declared this war. I'm telling you, man, the difference between boomers and uh, even millennials and down, this gap in Internet usage, people like Putin and his advisors, his top military guys, they don't understand the, the cultural and mental worldview difference they have from their kids because their kids weren't raised by them. Mm-hmm. Their kids were raised by the Internet and they were being raised by Facebook, face CIA book, as the activists like to call it. So what happens after Vladimir Putin ages out, as it were? You can't spell facial without CIA. This is one of the big reasons why the establishment was praising Facebook and Twitter and social media for their free speech before Trump. Mm -hmm. Because there was there was a uh, a chap who worked in the Trump administration, an appointee, uh, I won't name him, who said uh, the uh, and this was like follows the the foreign policy part of the deep state very closely. He said um, the U.S. establishment, the defense establishment, liked social media because it helped them do regime change abroad. But then with 2016 and Brexit, they realized, oh, no, can regime change the West? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's you know, what I'm they, wondering. It's like it's like we're in an avalanche, this whole globalizing <clears throat> Internet culture. And how what are we, we can't stop the avalanche. I mean, I can't fathom that. So we just got to ski the avalanche. I mean, at this point, build technology like yeah. open source free software. And it's, it's hard even for companies like Google and Twitter and Facebook uh, to do it because these are all started as open platforms. So you still can find articles and your videos debunking this Politico stuff if with enough creative Google searches. You could find it on Twitter going viral. Uh, they, they haven't been able to censor these, these, uh, platforms completely because these platforms were not made to be censored. Which by the way is platforms. why the left is furious with them. I mean, yeah. the left wants total control here. That's where, you know, as much from the right, we see big tech as being censorious and terrible and all that. And they have been. The left wants them to double down, triple down. Mm. I mean, it's absolutely insane. I mean, you know, my entire job is is exposing big tech. But if we're talking about the uh, the regime, big tech is not entirely a reluctant partner, but they have they they were pressured into it to to a large degree by external forces, especially the media. And this is why we see these 26 organizations coming and saying we need an advertiser boycott of Twitter because that's their leverage over the tech companies, ultimately. That's how they get them to do things. Yeah, you know what? Elon Musk was trying to get away from ads anyway. Uh, He knows exactly what he's doing. He's thought about this. Mm -hmm. He wants to do a subscription membership model. He wants to charge for premium access, and I think it's a brilliant idea. And I'll I'll be totally honest. Uh, I got uh, a lot of followers on Twitter. If they came to me and said, we've got a premium suite, I'd be like, done. Yes. Yeah, show, show, show me like, show me data on, uh, there's like, there's the, the analytics sucks for Twitter. Give me like a premium analytics suite. I don't, I don't care about Twitter because you can't use it the way you can use, say, YouTube. YouTube tells me, here's how many people watched your video in the first hour. Here's how many people, like how long they watched your first video. And I'm like, oh, okay. So here's what they like. And here's what they don't like. Twitter is like, say something and cross your fingers. Mm-hmm. If they actually came out and said for X amount of dollars, we'll do this for you. I think they should be verifying everybody. 
I think, you know, I, I guess Elon Musk said he wants, what, like two bucks a, two bucks per month for Twitter Blue, and then they'll verify you, they'll, your identity and all that stuff. Not everyone has to be identif- uh, identified. Not everybody has to be verified. People will still be able to use it for free. And I'm like, I think he's got a good plan for this. So, And he's, he's so smart. I mean, I, I know he made comments about this isn't about economics, which is great. Like, I'm glad that he's doing this for, for free speech. But he's too smart for that. Like, he knows that he paid $44 billion. He's got Web3 ideas. He's got decentralization ideas. He's got all sorts of mm. things. I, well, I'm, not, sure, no. I'm sure he will turn this into a trillion-dollar company. I would bet my this, bet everything. I'm, I'm not sure he has Web3 ideas. He, uh, yeah. he constantly uh, constantly dunks on Web3 projects, uh, which, which, to be fair, a lot of them are a bit bad. Uh, <laughs> Bad. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Hive and the recovery of the Steam network. You know, I think Elon in this situation is a student. He's been the master at all his other companies because he started them. This one he bought. So he's here to learn. Yeah. How cool would it be if after Elon buys Twitter, one day everyone wakes up and when they log in, they just see when they log into their account, it's just GeoCities. <laughs> and there's like just like the banana yeah. guy, the peanut butter jelly time, you know, GIFs and all that stuff. And people are like, wait, what's going on? And Elon's like, the internet was better back when we just did it this way. So now Twitter is this. And it's like, just. You're you know. reminding me of uh, YTMNDs. Remember those? I remember oh, yeah. those. <laughs> those, <laughs> were, those were 4chan before 4chan. That, that was, was amazing. Well, you, guys, you, you guys ever go on Newgrounds? Oh, yeah. yeah. Back yeah. in the day. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Newgrounds.com, for those that don't know, was YouTube before YouTube existed. And they missed the train. They Big had time. They, yeah, they had Flash video because they, they were cartoon oriented. And so what happened was, I could be totally wrong about this. Um, I used to, I was on Newgrounds every day looking at every new submission. These were people were uploading cartoons because I used to do flash animation stuff. And then I remember when YouTube came around and then all of a sudden the animators started putting their stuff on YouTube because it was just easy and fast. Newgrounds could have done video. In fact, they had some video sometimes, but I, I guess they thought, no, 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 we're an animator community. So we're going to stick to that, and then everyone migrated their animations to YouTube, mm-hmm. and that was. And they probably thought they were th- they were so big they didn't see the threat coming. But it's, uh. but the crazy thing is they were so big, but nowhere near as big as YouTube came to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember the Ultimate Showdown? I was I was oh, like, of course, dude. I was nine. I thought that was the funniest shit ever. <laughs> Imagine if right now we were streaming not on YouTube but on Newgrounds because they they had. Flash player, they they could have done video. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they built out that infrastructure, we'd be in a very different place. Yeah. I wonder what, what what they would do because a lot of the content they posted is just adult humor, like not for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could Good you website. comment on videos on Newgrounds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, the, YouTube had those video responses, which really enlivened the community before Google bought them. I wonder if Google was planning on buying them before that, or if they were like, "Whoa, there's a community here, and we want to build community, so we're going to buy it." Mm-hmm. But they bought it for a billion, and, and YouTube was dying. Was like. They couldn't pay for their their infrastructure, so they had to sell the company. That's what it what it came to. Let, let's let's talk about what's going on with Will Chamberlain because as we talk about our cultural de- decay and our institutional collapse, Will Chamberlain has tweeted out a law clerk by the name of Elizabeth Deutsch. He says, in his humble opinion, she's the most likely person to have leaked the draft Supreme Court opinion in Dobbs, purporting to overturn Roe v. Wade. He says, a disclaimer, I have no inside information. This thread is speculation based almost entirely on publicly available information. I could easily be wrong. Now, <laughs> apparently he's being threatened that he's going to get sued over this, which is just laughably stupid. Elizabeth Deutsch is arguably not a public figure, but guess what? People can become public figures. Whoa. <laughs> now, Will prefaces he doesn't know for sure. It's a speculation, and you're allowed to speculate. And Will is also a lawyer, so I think he knows what he's doing. 
But I, I think this is this is a really interesting thread because of how the reaction has been. Let me see if I have this one from Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell, you know me, love me, farted on TV. He said, under Supreme Court law as a public figure, I take a lot of defamatory attacks because Barr is too high to sue. Ms. Deutsch is not a public figure and would likely have a strong defamation case against Will Chamberlain. Republicans are bullies, but they always back down when challenged. Ron Coleman says, you are not scaring anyone, but you are getting some, some of us pretty excited. And then it's Elmer Fudd saying, I love civil litigation. Okay, okay. So here's the, here's the gist. I'll just give you the simple version. She is, um, according to this thread from Will, she's an, uh, like a, re- a re- reproductive rights activist. Is that what they re- how they call it? Her academic background isn't uh, uncommon. He says things get interesting. Every law student has to write a note, a long legal research paper, making a novel argument about the law. Hers is about reproductive rights and abortion. She argued that Obamacare's non-discrimination provision should be interpreted to force Catholic hospitals to perform emergency abortions. Aggressive argument, but hey, law students are aggressive. He says while in law school, she wrote a New York Times op-ed about reproductive rights. Her career page on LinkedIn doesn't reveal that much until we dig a little further. Thanks to her New York Times wedding announcement, of course, we know that she clerked for Judge Nina Pillard. Pillard was one of the D.C. Circuit judges appointed by Obama and forced through by Harry Reid to blowing up the filibuster. She's stridently pro-choice, perhaps not shocking. After her clerkships, she got a Gruber Fellowship at the ACLU for a full year, working on abortion and reproductive rights. None of this proves anything. Deutsch's career seems pretty focused on abortion, but without some connection to Josh Gerstein, the journalist who received the leak, there would be no reason to suspect her. Let's go back to that New York Times wedding announcement. The bride and groom she met at Yale, she is a lawyer, he is a journalist. Isaac Arnsdorf just got hired by the Washington Post as a national political reporter. Of course, he's on the Trump beat. But he, but where has he written in the past? Politico sharing a byline with Josh oh, Gerstein. Interesting. Uh, so that's, that's, that's the connection. It says, uh, looks like Gerstein and they are still bros chatting on Twitter, interacting as recently as last year. To conclude, we have a currently sitting Supreme Court law clerk whose career has been almost solely focused on abortion. She wrote her law school note on abortion. She wrote op-eds about reproductive rights. Spent a year working on abortion at the ACLU. Clerked for a pro-choice judge. And just so happens that her husband is a journalist sharing bylines with Josh Gerstein at Politico, and it looks like they're still friends. Sharing a byline means they work together. Right. Right. Like they, 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 they've shared this story that's published, so they know each other for sure. He says, I don't know that Elizabeth Deutsch leaked the draft opinion, but I certainly think someone who has spent much of their academic and professional life fighting to expand the right to get an abortion could be desperate enough to do so. I think it's a, uh, an interesting thread and some good journalistic, journalistic work. He didn't publish any private details outside of here's a person who publicly works for the court and we're looking for a leaker. Robbie Suave says, what is the argument that it's okay to do this, but not to reveal the name of libs of TikTok? Please. Ian Miles Chong, she's not anonymous for one. And secondly, Will didn't publish Deutsch's home address. She's not anonymous. She's literally a law clerk. Someone leaked the information. We are going to start looking who the publicly available information on law clerks is. Libs of TikTok's name was not in, in the public. But my argument on that one was always, I disagree with it, but there's an argument to be made about the journalistic um, issue around whether or not someone's, who someone is, 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 is uh, should be public knowledge. Considering Libs of TikTok had 600,000 followers and was influencing politics, I think the reporting was warranted, but the name didn't serve a purpose. Posting the home address was crossing the line. As for this, this is not an anonymous person. This is someone who has stamped law clerk at the Supreme Court under their name. All of this is in the press. Libs of TikTok's information may have been public, as they argue, but it was in like registries. It was in like real estate licenses. There was nothing saying LinkedIn, 
person libs of TikTok like this individual has. Now the threatening to sue. I wonder if Will is over target on this one and he actually found who may have leaked the, the Also making popular memes on Twitter and well, not even making popular memes, sharing videos on Twitter of other people. Of other people and yeah. being at the highest court in the land. That those are like two different categories of power. And oh I, yeah, I posting that, memes is way more powerful than I'm sorry, I just don't buy that this isn't a public person. You know, you work for a member of Congress that's publicly known. Um, you know, if you tweet something as a member of Congress, I guarantee you the New York Times or whoever will will go after you. So, you know, I think look, Will is an incredibly smart guy. Um he's very careful. I imagine he went through all of these clerks and kind of did some process of elimination. And uh look, I mean this is really interesting. You know the media is not going to do anything about this, right? They're not going to look for the leaker. They're happy it happened. So oh, yeah. I think it's going to have to be on on people like Will and other sleuths. To See, this is the out. media as well. And so that's part of how we're changing what the media is. Right. We're so used to being, the out, being outside of the building looking in that the media usually refers to the establishment. But we're, we're, we're taking over. We're, mm. we're taking that space. So the corporate press, I yeah. think, is usually even this is corporate press. At this, this point, this is this is not corporate Tim Cast is a corporation. That's not we're, what we're, we're usurping that title. The I mean, bad. I mean, the bad. This is why okay. the good. You guys are here. The come good the semantics media. that are completely immaterial the to the argument. I am semantic master. Um, you know what's been crossing my mind? That it's a spouse. Somebody talked to their spouse. It's so easy to go home after work and lay in bed all stressed out and just blab about what you did at the, at the job. So it's very well could have been their husband. They still have to get it. They had the physical ninety-eight page draft. And yeah, apparently okay. that's like and really collusion. limited in terms of who could have it. I'm Yo, not saying that this dude, I don't know what this is. This is tons real. of journalists are married to people in politics. Huh. Yeah. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is one thing. It is not the the, the fourth estate. I think the press was Mm -hmm. supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. No. The fourth estate and and what's the the third estate? Is that which one? Which is it? Is the third estate government? I think it's the third estate. I don't know. Whatever. Whichever whichever estate is supposed to be, you know, elected representatives has merged with journalism. Gross. And now it's... Polalism. Now it's a, uh, a monopoly of states. A monopoly yeah, of states. Here's the here's a tweet. We got another tweet. Mike Cernovich. She said, "New talking point just went out. Doesn't matter who leaked." Adam Schiff says, "I don't care how the draft leaked. That's a sideshow. What I care about is that a small number of conservative justices who lied about their plans to the Senate intend to deprive millions of women of reproductive care." Codifying Roe isn't enough. We must expand the court. <laughs> oh, incredible. So a leak yeah. from the Supreme Court is a sideshow. This is this is an interesting precedent. How many more leaks from the Supreme Court are going to happen in the future now when some progressive clerk doesn't like what she sees? These, yeah. mo- I'm telling you, man, boomers had scruples. I asked this question. Why is there why can't you bribe a cop in the United States? Because 
the cop will arrest you on the spot. But why can you bribe a cop in Russia? It's still illegal to do, but there's no scruples. They're not worried about repercussions. They're not worried about being ostracized or canceled or anything like that. For the older generations, they're genuinely worried that if I step out of line, people will be mad at me. Mm-hmm. Now you've got these law clerks who are like, I literally don't care what anyone else thinks. My tribe must win. When you have two distinct political factions and within those umbrellas, you have many different ideologies like libertarian and conservative are kind of in the same space, but they really don't agree with each other. Just like progressives and neolibs don't, but they're in the same space. What happens is we had one United States and a Republican would be like, I, I can't do that because Democrats, you know, I'm going to get all the flack from my colleagues in Congress. That one goes too far. Nowadays, they're, it's basically come to the point where left and right says, I do not care at all what the right thinks. The left must get this thing. So the attitude now with cancel culture, um, Ethan Klein, really great example, H3H3. He makes an offensive statement. He apologizes to his fans. We all laugh and be like, look what you have to do. But to him, he's like, I don't care about what the right thinks because the right's not paying my bills. So I'll apologize if I have to. Mm -hmm. That's where we're at. That's where we're at right now. There's no, Ethan can come out and accuse anyone on the right of being anything. And there's zero, there's zero damage he will face. We had a detransitioner on the show yesterday. And I'm like, I'm sure a bunch of activists are going to come and scream in my face, but they have zero impact on my work or my show. So why should I care? And that means when the boomers are gone, there's going to be two distinct political realities in this well, country. You said that there's one United States. I see 50 United States. And the reason we have 50 states is because just in case a political faction attempts to seize power at the federal level, the states have total recourse to resist that. And that means civil war. Or just means a revolution. No, because California will not tolerate a Republican revolution. If the right goes in the federal government and takes over, California yeah. says no. I don't think it has to be a political revolution, a technological revolution. Dude. A revolution of states. The, the issue, the issue with this is, you know, Republicans, conservatives will always say federalism will solve everything, that we should, we should push things back to the states. But I do think, you know, it's important to know who our enemy he- is here. And to Tim's point, I mean, these are people who think that the ends are always justified. And so, you know, why, why would, why would California listen to, you know, something? I, so I, I, I'll, I'll take a different view here. I think the most important war is the information war. And the reason why these divides are happening is because the media has gone so far to the left that it's creating this alternative reality. Yes, yes, but, uh, well, have I, you guys, I, I, have I, you I, guys dis- I disagree a little bit. I think social media created a generation living in a broken, fractured world where there is no truth but power. And then they got jobs in media. Mm-hmm. And now the New York Times is being worn as a skin suit, as is the Washington Post. Huh. I mean, look, yeah, I, I was I, kids got, using Facebook when they were 14 and they figured out how to go viral. Now they're working in the journal. Now they're at the New York Times. Sort of. It was news organizations funded by venture capital who found the fastest path towards making money was rage bait. And so you ended up with websites like Mike.com, which initially started as Ron Paul supporting and then went woke because they were like, this stuff works. You know what doesn't work for the right? What worked for the right was anti-SJW. We don't like the things they're doing. So we're going to complain about it whenever they do it. What worked for the left was literally lying about anything. 
It's claiming that cops are going around hunting down black people. Russiagate, Covington, Jesse Smollett, Ghost of Kiev. That's a new one. Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin, Ahmed Arbery. Lie, 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 lie. Kyle Rittenhouse, lie. They do it nonstop all day, every day, and it works every time. These people live in a chaotic dimension of flame, fire, and destruction, and they don't care they've been wrong about almost every major cultural story of the past decade. They don't care. You will not change their minds. So when I pull up Politico, quite literally having two articles, one saying Ukraine did meddle and one saying actually that was Russian disinformation, but they never retracted the other one. How can these people exist? How can their brains function with such cognitive dissonance? That is the problem. The information war, yes. But if these people are in a cult and you can't reach them, then there's going to be fighting. You can, but you got to figure out how. Everyone can be reached. Every cult member can be reached. Usually got it. There's ways. And it's the, true. The, well, it's true. The, the way to do it is to show them they're not as popular as they think. And what's insulating them from that is social media censorship. What I want to know is why are Republicans so keen on bailing this industry out, bailing the news media out, the same industry that is publishing these Politico articles, the same Who's industry. Who's trying to bail them out? Uh, a bunch of Republican senators. Apparently, they've jumped onto this Amy Klobuchar build called the Journalism Competition All and Preservation. I on this, by the way. This is going to be fun. The, uh, the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act, I think I've discussed it on the show before. The um, So you've probably seen all these bills in uh, Australia and Canada that force tech companies to pay news outlets for content. This is the American version of that. It would allow media companies to get together in a cartel to collectively negotiate with the tech companies on things like uh, ads, things like ads and things like uh, paying them for content. And uh, so which Republicans are on it? Well, if you get if you Rand get, Paul, yes, Rand, Rand Paul's on, on this. Lindsey Graham, Cynthia Lummis. What? Cynthia Lummis has also signed on to a really another really terrible bill. Rand, t- Rand Paul, you you come on this show and explain right. your position on this because I trust I like Rand Paul, so I want to hear what he's what, why he's. I'll, I have the answers to why the, so many Republicans are on this. It's because News Corp is one of the biggest pushers of this, and Republicans like News Corp. They just blindly trust it or something. Well, you know, paid. Rupert Murdoch and well, his media so companies have them on have them on Fox News. Look, I, I, they lean conservative. Give us give us the elevator pitch of what the bill does. It says to provide a safe harbor for publishers online of online content to collectively negotiate with dominant online platforms regarding the terms on which content may be distributed. It's a it's a temporary waiver on antitrust to basically allow these small publishers to collectively bargain against Facebook and Google. Small publishers. Where in the small, build? Where, small, where in small, the build that says small? It includes all. Pu- there's a non-discrimination provision. So you like includes, it? I like the bill. I think it's a good bill. So it allows to me. To me, my thing is Facebook and Google are the bigger enemy here, and they have absolutely destroyed local news. Like, I want decentralization yeah. of news. I want local newspapers to be able to report on stuff. And I think the way the model is currently, it benefits Facebook and Google. It's absolutely put but media the, out the, of this. The issue is what? Wait, local, what? local news has been destroyed, but it's because. People want national stories. So it used to be that to get your news, you'd turn on, you know, Channel 5 for the 5 o'clock news. I remember we had Fox 32 in Chicago. At Simpsons, we're at like 5.30 or something. And then... And then Central at, Time. Yeah, Central Time. And then and then at 6 p.m. was the news. And I'd go, ugh. And then afterwards, it was Seinfeld. And I was like, meh. I liked The Simpsons when I was a kid. And uh, you'd watch your news. But your news would be like, who's, who's that guy in WGN? Is that Larry Potash? I don't remember. He's still there, I think. Uh, it was local stories. You'd get some national stuff, but they'd also be like, 
a fire hydrant burst over on the corner of 63rd and, you know, California, and now there's water everywhere. The road has been blocked off. And you're like, oh. Now you turn on the news and it's CNN, and they're like, Trump is a Nazi. And you're like, okay, that's not anything relevant mm-hmm. to me. Then you go on Google. You type in news, you get CNN. CNN's going to give you all national stories. CBS, all national stories. So you have to actively choose as someone in an area to find your local news, but I think most people don't do that. The other thing is, you know, local news, how this is being pitched to congressmen. I mean, anyone who's been in politics for a long time knows that the great soundbite is, we're on the side of the little guys against the big guys. That's how politicians have been selling almost anything for a very, very long time. Uh, there's nothing in the bill that limits this to local news. Uh, but there is a big part of the bill that uh, allows any cartel that forms to exclude whoever they want as long as they're not similarly situated to them. I don't think that's true. So, there's a, there's a uh, like, and, and hold on, bro. you got to have a billion viewers. The bill says you can't have fewer than one billion monthly active users. In aggregate, I'd, we'd have to look at the language. I think I think it's yeah. talking about social media. Yeah, it's got to be. Also, it's, I'm right. pretty sure that draft of the, the JCPA the, is not the most accurate, the, or the, the most recent yeah, one, because the, there's been a lot of work on it. I've I've seen uh, I've actually seen a draft of uh, an unreleased draft of some amendments, and it's even worse. They're going to extend it by ten years instead of the original four. That's how long it'll apply for. Plus, they're going to add something that they're going to separate into categories, one for broadcasters, which they define as stations. They don't define it as YouTubers. YouTubers, hey. are, You're not going to get a handout because of this bill, Tim. No no YouTuber is going to get a handout. No podcaster, no Substack author is going to get a handout. It's all for the legacy media. It's all for paper newspapers. It's all for traditional broadcasters. They're trying to rescue them from the Internet. And they should not be doing that. No, it's a, it's a bell. It's the same thing they're doing in Canada. It's the same thing they're doing in uh, in Australia. And, uh, you know, the way this works in D.C. is that the News Media Alliance, which is the big umbrella lobbying group for all the big media companies, uh, you should check out their website. Go to, go to newsmediaalliance.org, board of directors, and look at some of the people who are, who are part of this organization that basically wrote this bill. Uh, and you're not going to see a lot of local news in there. We need the board of directors. We've got Antoinette Bush, Maribel Wadsworth, Pamela Browning. Who are these people? Look at their titles. Executive Vice President, Global Head of Government Affairs, News Corp, President of Publisher, USA Today. I, I just – I was this courier. This is very strange because, like, I, I just don't so, – so what would you suggest? What so would you suggest I, as a I, better play to prevent Facebook and Google from getting all this ad revenue? From basically like incentivizing well, it, it, the nationalization it, 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 of everything. It, free market. It, 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 no, it goes back to what we were saying uh, when we were talking about how evil is big tech. Uh, big tech was pressured into censoring by advertiser boycotts driven by the media. So big tech is bad, but they're bad because they are favoring the media. And Fox. this is And this is a bill that would force them to favor the media even more than they are currently uh, doing. What we want is for them to allow everyone to compete on an equal playing field, not to give massive handouts to the journalism. Why, why on earth would Republicans want there to be handouts to newspapers, even local newspapers, which are just as left, uh, left-wing yeah, and we're, biased we're, we're as the right. uh, national I don't, we, we don't need a handout, and I don't want my competition to get free money from the government or for protections. If these news organizations can't figure out how to run their business for the modern era, they shouldn't exist. Look, I, th- I think it's a complicated bill. Uh, I think there's a lot of arguments on both sides on it. But I will say this, which is if you're going to take on big tech, 
the biggest problem conservatives have is that these companies don't respect Republicans. They don't respect them as having posing any sort of threat whatsoever to them. And so if you're not going to embrace, which all of them, I know we disagree on antitrust too, but if you're not going to embrace any sort of actual solution that'll do something to these companies, they're not going to change their, you know, they're going to continue to censor. I got your solution. Well, that, that you free their software code. You can't break the company apart enough times. You got to make sure that the code is available. If you want democratization of the network, then everyone's got to have so, access so to are the we, network. Are we, say, are we saying we have to sign on to every tech regulation no, but the we Democrats should, we should want? Offer, to, we should offer to, an idea. We have all these Republican members, I'm, establishment I'm, members. I'm, objecting to, have, I'm not objecting to all of the bills, John. I'm objecting to this particular bill. I am a huge supporter of Bill Haggerty's proposed tech regulation. I'm a huge supporter of Texas's proposed tech regulation. Well, yeah, I like uh, we, some we of agree, the antitrust. We agree, we agree on Section 2. I like the jurisdiction bill. There are lots of bills I like. This one is a bailout. You, it's the, it's the worst. It's actually, I'll, I, I will make it clear. It is the worst bill of this Congress, bailing out the media. The reason we, uh, we have parents who think it's a good idea to chemically castrate their own children is because the media made that idea cool. The reason why we have uh, people supporting defunding the police is because the media made it into an issue. The reason why we have uh, libs of TikTok being doxxed is because of the media. The reason the entire country believed uh, Russia was in control of the government for a full two years is because of the media. The reason why well, yeah, yeah. So, children were masked in schools because of the media. And for Republicans to support a bill that bails out the media, that's an obscene betrayal of their voters. I, I think that's a really that's a really good talking point. But I don't think if you would talk to Rand Paul, if you would talk to these guys, I don't think that that's I know exactly what happened. The News Corp loyal, the News Corp lobbyists and the News Media Alliance went and went and spoke to them, um, and uh, they liked those guys. It says any print, broadcast, or digital news organization that has a dedicated professional editorial staff that creates and distributes original news and related content concerning local, national, or international matters of public interest on at least a weekly basis, and is marketed through subscriptions, advertising, or sponsorship. Provides original news and related content with the editorial content consisting of, consisting of not less than 25% current news and related content, blah, 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 blah. And to my, so to my knowledge, there's a, the, a more recent draft that actually even excludes some of the larger. And uh, there's – well, the new, the new one says 1,500 employees, but that's, uh, that's a trick because you can always corporate restructure your organization to make it into little, lots of little small, uh, small 1,500 employee chunks. Um, what you, the thing you, the, the thing you read out there, Tim, dedicated professional editorial stuff, that leaves out every, uh, one man independent journalist, every one man operation on Substack. It leaves out Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald will not be covered by that. Luke Rutkowski. We are change. Leaves out yeah. Luke Rutkowski. Glenn Greenwald went before Congress and opposed this bill for the, uh, not, oh, wow. For, uh, and you should actually watch his testimony before the House committee. It says the bill creates a four-year safe harbor from antitrust laws for print, broadcast, or digital news companies to collectively negotiate with online content distributors, requiring the terms on which the news company's content may be distributed by online content distributors. I completely oppose that in every way. You're telling me that you think the New York Times, the Washington Post, CBS, ABC, NBC should be able to come together violating antitrust provisions to negotiate collectively amongst all of the biggest and most powerful media in the world. I don't think that's what it does. That's literally what I just read. Well, so th- I, as I said, that's th- that's an older text. I know that they've excluded some of the larger ones. I, my concern is local news. I want to make sure that we're not having everything nationalized. It, 
same thing that you just mentioned. Um, I mean, it's one hundred seventeenth Congress, twenty twenty two. No, I know. No, I know. There's, there's, okay, it okay, hasn't okay. been marked up. There's a there's a markup coming. But there, this, the the, the local no news talking point is pure marketing. They know everyone dislikes the big national media corporations. That's why they're talking about local news. They you were know, marketing well, this. The, they the were marketing this draft as for, who, as for local news. Who's going to be able to well. deal with uh, Google and Facebook screwing them over more? Local news or the big guys? I the big would guys rather. Are, I would rather how about, Google and how Facebook about, destroy the media machine through technological advancement, and then people like us figure out how to pick up the pieces and build outside of that ecosystem and create something new through merit. So one of the things we did was uh, over a year ago, we launched TimCast.com. We are funded primarily now through memberships. We are, we, are, we are removing our reliance on big tech platforms, and we have been reducing our reliance on big tech platforms. The next thing we're going to be doing is doing mobile apps and t- smart TV apps. We are finding a way to navigate this. We've got infrastructure being built right now to make us more sensor resilient. And I do not want to see CNN team up with the Washington Post and the New York Times to give themselves more power by leveraging the weight of their massive conglomeration against Facebook and Google, leaving all of us holding an empty bag. Mm. And, you know, I was covering this from the beginning, this favoring of the media. It's it's the uh, culmination of that trend. So Facebook already pays billions to news companies in licensing. Google has poured hundreds of millions, if not billions, into propping up the media already. And they're doing that because they've been told for five years by the the media – if you don't favor us, we're going to whip up advertiser boycotts. And this is a part of that. It's trying to enshrine that same trend in law. The worst trend of Silicon Valley, promoting the media and making what was previously an even playing field uneven. By the way, I also want to bring up one, one uh, tremendous, uh, tremendous little statistic I found recently. According to Gallup, as of 2021, 11% of Republicans have a great deal or a fair amount of trust in the media, 11%. Um, and according to Pew, the number of Republicans who think abortion should be legal in all or most cases is 35%. So the media are less popular with Republicans than abortion. Wow. I feel like so, I'm maybe not being sensational enough when I say we need to free their software code. I, I want to hear what you guys think about this, too. I, wa- I think I, what, I, I, I wanna, I what, wanna... what these Republican senators have done is the equivalent of taking money from Planned Parenthood. The, the free the software code, Ian, you've never articulated what that would do besides just making people know what their code is. It would give you the opportunity to make your own network with You can that do that code. right now. No, you don't have access to their code. What so, code are we talking about? Like so Google you- Analytics. You brought up earlier. Twitter doesn't have a good analytics platform because Google has a proprietary analytic platform. They become the commons, so we need to treat it like the commons and liberate the, the software. That's my argument. But that's, I mean, I, I suppose my issue with that and what most people would probably argue is you're just talking about seizing the means of production. No. I don't no, Quite literally. I don't think so. I mean – it's like there's tolls on every road that are owned by Alphabet right now. We need to get rid of those tolls. Bro, you can build your own analytic software. Yeah, but it takes a long... They How many employees yeah, does Google have? welcome to the have? world. Hey, if you want to like, say, I shouldn't have bro, to build my house. You could you start your own army. Me. Now, I stay in your cage. Like I think, what? I think um, what, we, what we want is very simple. If you look at what was happening in 2016, the independent media was eclipsing the mainstream media because at that point, Google and Facebook and Twitter were not favoring the mainstream media. It was a relatively even playing field. That's what we want. 
we don't want the news media to be protected in any way, which is in the literal title of this bill, Journalism, Competition and Protection Act. And no, I'm not seizing seizing the means of production. I'm liberating the means of production. Yeah, that's exactly what communists say. No, they would take it from the state. I don't want the the state. I'm not giving this stuff to the state. I'm giving it to humanity. What do you... Bro, you need to read some communist literature. It's not It's not property of anything. It's just... What are you saying, communists? It just it depends on what you're saying exactly. So like if you're talking about um, like data, I think it's really interesting. Like if if I provide my data to no, Facebook, he, he's saying code, the, the literal yeah, like infrastructure. Right, code, code's a little tougher because you know there are property rights to consider there. Um, Ian, I don't you're, know. You're, I you're, you're effectively arguing that it's too hard to build a factory, so the factory should be open to the public to use. I don't want Google's factory. I'm not seizing their headquarters. It's not 20th century time anymore. It's 21st century where digital property is a real thing now. We have to treat it like such. They built a machine that took millions of dollars in years, and you are saying, well, no one else can do that. It would take too long, so we should be able no, to have the it. The machine they built is server space, and they can keep their servers. I'm not talking about seizing their stuff. I'm talking about giving people access to the information. Well, we've, we've had this discussion before that you don't believe in intellectual property rights. Well, I mean, they yeah, for sure there's intellectual property rights, but when something functions in the commons, then you've got to start questioning if they still have the right to own it. Right. I guess the, the fundamental difference is I believe in private property yeah, rights. Me too. Don't. But up to a certain amount of daily active users, a billion daily active users, and you own the thing that is controlling you know, the billion active users. Like, is that righteous for you know a human, one human anymore? I don't think so. The, the, the website would just be like, okay, we're locked at 999 million users. 999 million, 999,999. Th- they would, they might destroy their business model just to Why would say, they? they're going to say, if we get one more user, we lose our, our property rights. Because, don't, don't do because it. then if a hundred million other people spin up versions of YouTube and they all interoperate, the original YouTube benefits. It has more so, activity so, on so the network. You're not saying, you're not making sense. I'm, I'm saying that sense, if you, but I understand if, you don't understand. No, Ian, you're saying that if, People, if, if, if a platform reaches a billion users, its code has to be released to the public. Yeah, it's an arbitrary number. The, but the company would then choose to restrict their platform to not exceed that. Otherwise, they would lose their and IP, then the which, company means, would which means they would not give out their code and no one would spin up their own versions because the code's never released. Well, you could pick a number that's well under their daily users. And then they users. would say, start a new company and we'll own all five versions of it. And we'll have them as separate corporations. See, I think the issue that we often see with the leftist arguments hold, is they don't know how business or IP works. Yeah, wait, works. okay. So let's go into that. So Google, you're saying, will split up YouTube into five companies that each have a fifth of the daily active users? Yes. You think that people aren't going to see that and, and see that they're committing well, some sort of – in fact, they did sort of already do that with Alphabet. That's what they were trying to do, corporate restructuring. Ian, I think the issue is your ideas are not formulated based on an understanding of how business is still just an idea. Yeah, right, I'm not so, a lawyer. So, so, so I'll give you an example. Uh, taxes. The left says, like, we should tax the rich. Okay, well, we have taxes on the rich. They they do pay a large amount of taxes. Well, then why didn't Elon Musk pay any taxes? Well, Elon Musk, this year, he did pay a lot of taxes. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he pay taxes in 2018? Well, probably because he didn't take any money because he didn't need to. He did not need to pay himself. He's got a, he's, he's got, he eats food at the office. He, his business pays for things, so he takes no personal income because the business does it with the business pays taxes. They say Amazon didn't pay any taxes. Actually, Amazon paid an insane amount of taxes because they're not just paying corporate income tax. They're paying employment taxes, property taxes, health care, all of this stuff. They're taxed very, very heavily. When it comes to the arguments about how do we then make the rich pay their fair share, it's like you've not defined what fair share is. Okay, well, what if what if we said they have to pay 20%? It's like the rich already have a higher tax bracket than that. Well, then why aren't we getting their money? There are laws in place that make sense. Once you get to a certain amount of power, 
those laws don't mean anything anymore. And I'll, get, I'll put it simply. Elon Musk has no reason to pay himself any money if his business is always stocked with food. He walks in and there's a luncheon for all the employees and he can just eat what's there. He doesn't need to buy himself a car if the business has a car that he drives for business reasons. So they're saying, why isn't he paying taxes? Because of the existing structure, which makes sense that he is using, but the taxes are happening somewhere. What you're saying and arguing about the free the code all the time fundamentally misunderstands how businesses work. You know what they would do? They would put their headquarters in Dublin, and then it would negate anything you proposed. Well, I mean, so if they want to operate in the states, they got to follow United States law. No, they don't. They li- they do and not. They also don't have to follow the First Amendment in your strange, uh, which is why I'm dangerous reality. Which is why I about. advocate for a change to the laws to well, enshrine. Okay, you maybe give me like, your idea then. So. Uh, uh, nationalization or uh, at a certain... Oh, but I'm the one that wants to seize the means. You're the one that wants to nationalize the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. But. Right, 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 right. See, the, the issue is I'm going to come out and say that when Twitter takes control of the public space in terms of communications, we could do a hybridization of a privately owned public space, which means the public has a right to it, but it's owned privately and they can dictate how they run the business to make money. That's how Zuccotti Park work in New York. What you're saying is you would take their ownership of... The, the, the code itself and give it to everyone else, which would, I, I don't think would do anything at all, to be completely honest. I, I think mm. ownership well, I'm, interested, owner, I'm interested in the idea because what, what's the incentive for a corporation to do this? You said that a bigger network. Well, it's like breaking up a monopoly. I don't think they would want it. It would just be, it wouldn't destroy the company. That's the point. Right. It's breaking, it's giving, it's, it's re- removing the monopoly without destroying the company. So in terms of ownership, I don't think I would agree with you, but in terms of, you know, like if we reformed section 230 for, the largest companies to uh, to be like a First Amendment standard or something like that, and you were trying to prove in court, say you had a private right of action in the law, you were trying to prove in court that Google was suppressing your content, there would be a discovery, right? A discovery phase where you could look at the algorithm, something like that. I'm more interested in what you're talking about if it's disclosure of like what it is. I, the, the actual ownership, I think I'd really struggle with. Well, no with. one owns it. It's AGPL3. It's just free software. The idea would be if you spend 10 years building software code to run a service like Twitter, if they get to a certain size, the code itself is then given to the public who can then take all of that. Reverse engineer. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not, no, not reverse, no, no, no. Yeah. Not reverse engineer. Literally just press go and right. have Twatter. So Truth, twa- Truth Social could be Twitter. Like so Twitter. yeah, truth yeah. was built off of Mastodon. I think it was Mastodon. Mastodon. Yeah, yeah, Mastodon's code, and so because it, w- it was open source, they're supposed to credit it. I guess they still haven't. Oh, jeez, did it? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I but uh, I think the issue there is what we see every time we try and take away someone's property. No one's going to invest in building Twitter if they lose that investment. You're going to go to a person of means and say, "We need a hundred thousand dollars to build a program mm-hmm. that does X," and they're going to say, "And in ten years, where's my money?" Oh, completely gone because everyone gets it. Yeah, for free. well, maybe it'll like, no. Maybe social media no longer will be about making money. Maybe it's actually going to be about public good for once. Who will do that? Uh, Bill Ottman at Mines. People does that want to build money. We build free software. Yeah, and you can make money by selling services related to the software. Does Bill have investors? Yeah. Do those investors expect a return on their investment? Uh, I don't know. It's a the private answer, company. It depends on what Bill wants to do. The answer is yes. No, that's public. That's the public uh, sure. malaise. It's obsessed with making money. Private companies don't have to make money. You just do your service if you want to. I think you maybe, want to stay afloat, maybe if we're talking about mission-driven culture, where people are like, I want to make a company that does well, – like, like, well, like Tim Guest is. I'll, 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 I, I know the guy who led the uh, investment, uh, the investment in uh, mines quite well. He definitely does care about free speech and open – open software um so that's 
some investors do actually care about that stuff. No, for sure. Does he expect to get his money back or make money off of it? You'd have to ask him. I wonder. Uh, I wonder you could, if you want him on the show, uh, he'll be happy to come on. I think. Well, we have. We actually have Bill coming on. I think soon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. we're in, we'll talk about a lot of this. I, I think if you want to do uh, what, what, did, what, did, what did they launch a while ago? B Corps. That they're they're allowed to act like I, I could be wrong about this, but I, I someone told me once that they're allowed to that they're a corporation that doesn't have to make money. They're like a hybrid of a nonprofit for profit. So whereas most corporations have to make money for their shareholders, they have a fiduciary duty. I think B Corps are the ones that are like we can they're like a do good corporation or something like that. The goal of Timcast is it's to make money, but my, my, uh, um, it, mostly about the mission. We want to do cool things. We want to have an impact. That's why we did the, the, the Times Square billboard thing. I know, I know people are like, we've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. The point is, I sit back and I look at Elon Musk. He's buying Twitter. That's what I'm talking about. I sit back and I look at Joe Rogan. Well, he does his show, but I wonder, does Joe do anything like challenging the establishment or the system outside of just his show? And if not, because I've not seen it, I wonder why that is. There's no way am I saying he's obligated to do so. I'm just like, where are the people of wealth and means who are sick of all of this standing up and being like, F you? They're in this freaking room, you man. Should, you should definitely have the uh, the Binds investor on the show, Aaron uh, Aaron Wolf. He is exactly what you're talking about. I met him in Austin. He's fantastic. Yes. Love you, Aaron. Part, part of the problem, unfortunately, is that a lot of the people with means have uh, desires that go against, I think, where we would be at where a lot of the American people would be at. And so, you know, I'll tell you as, you know, we're a, a very conservative organization, uh, when we've been raising money for politics to, to get in, involved in these campaigns, it's really hard. Uh, for conservatives especially to talk about, you know, raising money to do ads on abortion or on the trans stuff or any of that because the donors just aren't out there. The donors are much more interested in giving, you know, for, uh, you know, mass immigration or things like that. And so I think, I think that's a, a difficulty that we have. I think one of the issues is Except that, for Elon. <laughs> you know, my view of capitalism is if you do good and you're effective, you will make money. If you are doing, providing a service, However, I, I don't believe in absolute unfettered free markets. Like, I, I don't, I think you'll end up with people doing really weird things like m- metaverse porn where people become carrots and like, it's probably gonna happen anyway. And I'm like, I'm pretty libertarian on that, but I do think it's bad for society as a whole that we'll chase after self-gratification instead of going to the space. So I, I, I'm a huge fan of Elon Musk. Going to Mars, Starship, Twitter stuff, Starlink, all really awesome stuff. I look at it like traditional, um, idealistic capitalism is, you invent a light bulb. You illuminate the world. Congratulations. You'll be made rich because of it. You are being rewarded by people for saying we appreciate your service and now you get to live comfortably because you did something great. I think TimCast.com does really good things and I think we're going to continue to grow and do more good things and for it we get rewarded for doing great things. Nikola Tesla is an example of someone that didn't know how to capitalize. What a brilliant, generous, good man from what I know about him and man, he did not know how to write a patent or whatever it was. Whereas Einstein knew how to patent his stuff and became very, very wealthy. And Nikola died a, pop, a pauper. Like he, he was alone. He lived in a hotel room telling people he had a death laser to get, to stop, not have to pay for his room every night. It's just a tragic story of not understanding capitalism. And I, I agree that there, it is important to at least stay afloat. But my light is in heaven, my friend. I'm not, if I make the light bulbs on earth, I don't, I don't want the money for it at this point, man. See, I could be dead tomorrow. That I, I think is like a, 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 a sort of leftist ideal. Money is means. It's access, it's power. So if you, if, if you make code and that code works really, really well and you don't get money for it, how do you make more code? How do you, how do you feed the people who are working for you? You need, um, 
you need what's called, I guess they would call it, not money, but uh, what's the word when someone has capital? You need capital, which is either workforce power or money. So how do you, how do you feed the people who are going to do the work for you? At that point, it's like farm, grow your own food, inspire them to start growing their own food. I don't well, know. I can't there's, feed everybody. There's a know? guy down the street who's got a whole bunch of corn for sale. He did the Money's work. Money's good. Money's good. It's currency's cool, but it, we don't always have to use it. This is one of the one of the, I think the biggest mistakes that young people make when it comes to entrepreneur entrepreneurship. I remember when I was younger and I was talking to some business people. I was probably like twenty or twenty three or something, and then I was like, "Look, I don't care about a million bucks cash. I care about making this thing that works." We had a, we had a program for like nonprofit fundraising stuff, and they said to me, "Kid, we'll give you some advice. Never tell that to anybody." Because investors who want to see the succeed understand that money is how it succeeds. You can't, you can't run a company off good intentions. How are you going to pay your staff? How are they going to feed their family? How are they going to pay their rent? How are they going to pay their mortgage? Making money doesn't mean you want a Ferrari. It means you want to make sure the machine continues to feed the families of the people who work for you. So you want to tell everybody your goal is to make a company that makes money by doing good. And I'm like, good point. Mm -hmm. I get it. And also talk about profit because making money doesn't mean you're going to make profit. So how much profit are you intending to make and at what cost, psychological cost, or what damage to society? It's a lot of unquantifiable concepts. But Every, like, everybody thinks they're the good guy. Even the people who work for these big petroleum companies are convinced they're the good guys. And these activists show up and they say, you're destroying the planet and they get violent. And the people who work for these oil companies are like, I'm doing everything in my power to make the world a better place. You know what mines we had to figure out? How uh, addictive do we want to make? minds.com mm -hmm. and i was like 89 percent. that's not ethical you don't want it to be like a gambling network it's the same as how profitable do you want your private company to be like elon said it's not about money buying twitter is not about money I, I assume he's planning on running it at a loss you know he's just going to subsidize it i i think he's talked with morgan stanley and if you go to morgan stanley and say if you give me 20 13 billion dollars i will lose that money for you they're going to say get out Mm -hmm. No, what he did was he went and said, I'm going to save you money. How? I'm going to, I'm going to dock pay and fire executive staff. We're going to turn it around because take a look at this data, these metrics. I'm going to put my own money in and collateral. And then in three years, we're taking the company public again. And I really exactly it, told them it how it does they make have money. to be successful to make an impact. I mean, and for that, you do need to be at least, at least as addictive as your competitors, surely. I don't know. Maybe, but do you really want to? play their game like can you become evil to beat evil i don't i don't know if i, I understand what you mean mm. well but you well, could make it more addictive I, if you want you know i was thinking mines has tokens right you get the mine when, when you use mines.com you can generate crypto that's worth money every post should have a slot machine in it <laughs> you could do that <laughs> then no one will ever leave Dude, the website. i had a whole like a gamification mod for mines that i built which could still install it one day where you get avatars and you can spend mines tokens to get characters that can you can send out on missions every day to go get and then if you click the notification at a certain at the right moment then they get the item when they come back and then you have like a hall of fame with your item like you just dump money it's just a money sink but like how how gamified and, and addictive is mines is just a beautiful piece of free software that i i want to be but it's like yeah like how sensational do we need to be my biggest flaw in life personally is charity i'm too charitable i've always been too charitable i give my wealth away before i get it and i haven't used my money to make money because i feel like it just felt dirty so thank you for making the well, money I'll, for I'll, me tim well i'll i'll, I'll give you a, a, a i'll break it down for you in a way that you can understand ian you are playing a game of magic and you have all of the planes before you with the good righteous knights and the angels and they're all good and charitable and trying to protect the people. And so you say, I'm going to give this power away. 
And then along comes a necromancer who is loaded with swamps. And he goes, yes, Ian, give me the power. I'll help everyone. And you're like, sounds good to me. And you give him the power. And then he laughs at you as he burns everything down. Yeah, charity. They say it's a virtue, but it's also a vice. It can be, I guess. Maybe. Very, <laughs> very evil people would love to get access to the free code. And let me just tell you, these, these left censorious people, they, they, like Zuckerberg. He's probably so excited whenever he sees the free code come out. And he's like, great, I can add some of this to my empire. Yeah, but he's going to have to free his, too. That would be great. If YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter's code was available to make new networks with it all, that would be why, super cool. Why is it that Gab, In, Parler, inter- Interoperability is like a huge deal. That could really break the uh, big tech's power. Why, why is it that the Twitter alternatives haven't taken off? Like, why doesn't Minds have more users than Facebook? I mean, it's better, right? I think because Twitter was already there. The first so, and best dressed I've heard you mention before. Right. So with, with, effects, with Facebook yeah. and Twitter, it's because people are there. The real, the real platform is the people. I don't do anything on Facebook. Facebook has all these weird features I don't care about. Mm-hmm. I use Messenger. Why? Because people are on it. And so when I want to message someone, I can message them on Facebook. I use Twitter mostly. Well, mostly to just troll because people are on it. But there's less of an impact on other platforms because people aren't on it. I don't care what Twitter can do. I can post words. People can get mad about it. Yeah, it'd be cool if you could log into Twitter and then see your minds. Like, it was linked to minds and to Gab. Sure, sure. But what would happen if Twitter's code was forcibly revealed and released to the people? Um, I can't can't foresee exactly. Nothing. I Nobody would leave. It would get used. Yeah. Nobody would go do anything. Network would take it. And sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe Gab might implement some of it. Maybe Parler and Getter and Truth might implement and some Mines, of it. We talked about. And Minds. And then everyone would be like, yeah, but everyone's on Twitter, so I'll use that instead. Or you could, but you could get the same experience on, well, you'd have a different experience, but you'd have the same information from different, and just depends on how you want to go at it. Do you want to come with your Gab, through Gab? I think, I think the issue is your, your perspective on this is rooted in, you're looking at code because that's where you come from, not realizing that people care about people, not code. No, I'm, I come from entertainment. I'm an actor. That's my, that's my. I mean, like with minds, you're looking at these social media companies from this minds perspective. And what makes Twitter work is that Twitter has people. That's it. Twitter, Twitter could reduce the, the, the amount of characters back to 140. It's still going to be the dominant platform. Which, which by it's, the way is why, and I think Alam and I have both talked, written about this, but this is why the, you know, build your own doesn't work. Unfortunately, I really want Truth Social to work. I really want Getter to work, but people want to go where the people are, right? It's you that fish little, where the little fish mermaid, are. right? Like, like you can, you can. It's, it's like imagine if someone said, if if the the lake gets to a certain amount of users, they have to build a lake or give someone all of the means to build their own lake. It's like okay, I go to the beach because there's fish, or I go to the lake to fish because there's fish. If someone else builds a lake and there's no fish in it, I can't fish there. But what you can do is build a channel from one lake to the other. If there's like your lake has all the fish in the middle and then there's like a thousand other lakes, but they have no fish. You just build a thousand canals. But you can't. You have, everyone you, can fish you, together. You can't force Twitter to allow that. Oh, you can break up monopolies. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. What I'm saying is so, taking some, the code doesn't change that. If you're saying you want to pass a law that says they have to create interoperability between other networks, we'll let's have a conversation about that. What's the I- the ideal would be if it was easy for everyone to just make a post that it gets broadcast to Twitter, to Gab, to Minds, to all the platforms instantaneously. But that doesn't happen without interoperability mm-hmm. to some extent. Yeah, um, we tried to do that with Minds in the early days, but we didn't have access to the code, so we couldn't do it. We yeah, admit using their proprietary APIs and stuff. Yeah, and the, the great thing about platforms like Minds and Gab that are based on values is that you know when you go on them. They're not going to sell you out in free speech. It's not going to be like Twitter where they promised it to you in the first few years and then took it away from you years Gab, later after you built your following. I think Gab um, may have banned advocacy of porn. 
Yes, they do. So they're not a completely free speech platform, but they're not going to ban you for political speech. Oh, I don't agree. I don't speech. even. I don't even trust minds, and I help build the network. You can't really? give that power to one person because that, if Bill leaves and another guy comes in, he can ban everyone. It's, I, it's, but I think that's fine. That's the private network if it wants to do it. That's will, why I have my own version of it. Will Gab ban you for saying, "I believe a law should be passed legalizing porn"? Blah blah blah. Uh, my understanding is that that Torba said. I could be wrong, so you know, Torba, if I'm wrong about this, but there was uh, a tweet where they said, you will not be allowed to advocate for this. You'll be banned, degenerate. Or something like that. I, I describe Gab as a free speech-friendly platform. For, not, for, not, for ideas not, that they like. They're not, they're not completely free speech. I'll, I'll grant you that. Well, I mean, to, to uh, and, you know, they'll, Gab's they'll, own admission. They will, they will admit that themselves, yes. They ban Doxin. They're private yeah. companies. They can ban whoever they want, and that shouldn't change. But we should also be able to spin up our own versions of it so that I can ban who I want. It'll create a marketplace of terms as opposed to a marketplace well, of code. Hmm. My, my His, position is it, Gab is different than Twitter, right? So I'm I'm pretty comfortable with Gab banning whoever they want. I don't want them to, but if they do, they do. Um, you know, if Christian Mingle wants to only have Christians on their site, that's fine. But once you become the actual digital public square, you have different responsibilities. And that's where, like, I think Section 230 comes in, uh, ultimately. Like, you know, we like Section 230 for the small guys, for the medium guys. But once you're the largest guys, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Google, I think you well, have an obligation even, to speak. Wasn't, wasn't the famous that, quote, free is in freedom, not as in beer, when it came to open source and free software? Yeah, it doesn't mean it doesn't cost anything. It means that it's free and available. For people to use, like, no, like free you're free in the United States. That doesn't mean that you, you don't cost anything. Free as it in freedom free, it means you, know? you can use these platforms to be free, but it's not free as in beer. Like we just give it to you. Exactly. Yeah, you can still you can still sell free software. For instance, um, but my also, problem with what you're saying is having anyone in charge. Even if Section 230 is like you have to do this and this is having any one or group of people in charge of free speech is is antithetical to free speech. The idea. Is, well. I mean, the responsibility of government is to secure the liberties of its citizens. So technically, I mean, that is putting free speech in the hands of government. Um, it, a government can it's, either it's, respect it or not respect government it. Government is irrelevant. Culture is everything. The Constitution says the right, the, peop- the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Good luck in New York, mm-hmm. New Jersey, Maryland, Hawaii, California. I mean, the list goes on. Your rights are absolutely infringed. I love bringing this up. Maryland has banned the M1A. A three, uh, I believe it's a 308. It might be a seven, uh, 762, actually. Um, they're sort of interchangeable, but the pressure is different. So I think it might be 762. Uh, SCAR-20S, the more AR-style 308, legal. It's it's remarkably insane. KSG-25, double mag tube, 25-round 25, pump-action shotgun, totally legal. Semi-auto uh, Benelli, Illegal. The laws make literally no sense. Mm-hmm. Well, so your I, rights are infringed upon to absurd degrees. It's about who's in charge and where they're in charge. And, uh, you know, we, we're talking about government solutions to the problem of tech centralization and big tech. Uh, I, I help persuade Republicans that uh, they should actually abandon some of the free market stuff when it comes to regulating big tech. I was doing that when they had power in 2017 and 18. But the people who have power now are the Democrats, and they are never going to pass any kind of bill that will make censorship harder. In fact, they're going to try and pass bills that make censorship easier. And that's something we have to be very cautious about because there are lots of interests that want Republicans to jump on every single anti-big tech effort just because it's anti-big tech. But we need to look at the detail of the bills. Then we need a convention of states and term limits because we can't we can't get these people to vote term limits for themselves. But we need them out. They don't understand what is going on in the tech sector. 
There's too many of them, and they don't know. This is crazy. Well, let's take Section 230 as, as, as an example. There are many bad ways to reform Section yep. 230. Yep. Uh, Disney has been pushing Section 230 reform behind the scenes in D.C. for a very long time because they uh, they hate big tech. They think t- big tech has made it easier to steal their copyrighted materials. Uh, their Section 230 reforms are almost always bad. We, uh, in fact, most of the Section 230 reforms pushed by corporations are almost always bad. There's just one specific part of the law that allows them to censor anything they consider to be objectionable. That is the part that needs mm-hmm. to change. And anything else that people are coming to you saying we need to reform Section 230 this way or that or abolish it altogether, be very cautious of them. Uh, let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, please hit that like button, smash it, and subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends if you really want to help us out. And go to TimCast.com, become a member to support our journalists, to support our work. And we're going to have a members-only show that goes up at 11 p.m. Monday through Thursday. That'll be up tonight. Let's read what you guys have to say, Fair Shark says, can Ian explain why graphene is better than borophene or is borophene the future? I got sent the borophene. Have you seen the video? Forget graphene, borophene. I'm like, all right. First of all, they're probably both awesome. And I started to watch a video. I watched like three minutes of it. I don't know. I don't know anything about borophene yet. I guess I should. I got like 25 people have sent me that video. All right. Caleb South says, Ian is what happens when you put your points in intelligence and charisma, but use wind wisdom as a dump stat. Love you, man. Never change. Well, that's funny. Maybe I'm not as wise as I think. Wise. Elvin says, tornadoes in Oklahoma tonight. Just saw a pot farm get demolished on News 9. Whoa, Jeez. crazy, man. Hope everybody's all right. Do you guys see that viral video from the drone of the tornado crazy. ripping through? Was it Kansas or something? No. no. Crazy video. Wild. Just like houses just coming off the ground and just flying away. Yeah, we have these human problems, but it's good to put things in perspective sometimes. All right. What is this? Joseph Liberty says, I want this guy with an accent to break me about why Argyle socks are better than just plain black ankle socks. What? <laughs> Wait, I, I didn't even understand the question. I, I think he's assuming you're wearing Argyle socks. Are you? I'm wearing pure black socks right oh. now. Maybe I'm not a proper English person, I guess. <laughs> All right. That's a, uh, what's the word, amalgam? Okay, we got a super hybrid. chat from you're somebody with no name. <laughs> what say you about in vitro fertilization and the possible 10 plus fertilized eggs some of these women may have? Should the states that outlaw abortion force women to birth all of these? Mm, you're asking me? I would say I really have a dark opinion of uh, IVF because they are fertilizing and then discarding of many human eggs. I see this as a big issue, and I think we definitely need to reform that process. I think that everyone should be looking at adoption before they look at IVF. That's just my two cents. Jumping but, back to socks, it just occurred to me that Justin Trudeau ruined elaborate socks for everyone. Yeah, he did. But so, so if a woman does get IFV, or IVF, sorry, and she has 10, you know, viable fetuses in her, like, getting to work, what should she do? Just have 10 babies? I don't know what to say to that. She probably should have thought of that before she got IVF. I, I figured that'd be completely the completely preventable, you know. I don't yep. know. It's tough. It's Adrian. Like, well, how they used to have like 10 kids and only two of them would survive. Now they're just doing it in the womb. All right. Adrian Contreras says, this dude should be giving awesome gadgets to James Bond with that accent. <laughs> Did you know Alan is James Bond? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Ken says, heard 10-year-old in other room listening to Freedom Tunes. He said it was recommended. I don't talk politics with kid. He is... He assured me it's funny, Dad. It is That's right. Great. Freedom Tunes is very funny. That's fantastic. All right. Caveman says, get Tom McDonald on the show, Tim. You mentioned it a while back. Yeah, I've, I've talked to Tom before. He's a rad dude. He's so Up to him. I mean, he's a busy guy, you know. <laughs> Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Biden, the great unifier. It's working. It's working. Mm-hmm. 
Matthew Reckham says, to everyone who keeps saying we're in dark times now, let me remind you that the movie Demolition Man, based on Brave New World and predicted self-driving electric cars, Zoom meetings, culturally enforced germophobia, and more is... And more is set in 2032. Buckle up, Buttercup. That is an absolute classic. Everyone go watch that movie. I Ugh. love when they're like, he doesn't know how to use the shells. Mm. That was good. You, you saw it, right? Demolition Man? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he one. gets frozen. Sandra Bullock. Yeah. yeah, and everyone's like, su- it's, it's actually. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Judge Dredd. Sorry. It's, they're very, they're very similar. Yeah. yeah. The Demolition same Man is Van Damme, right? He gets frozen, and yeah. then they take him out in the, fr- in the future to stop a terrorist. Or am I thinking of time cop? And he, like, he, every time he swears, a machine prints out a ticket, a fine for swearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just swears a bunch more. It's great. <laughs> he, no, no. He goes to the bathroom, and he's like, how do I do this? There's no toilet paper. And they're like, use the shells. And he's like, what? So then he walks up and starts swearing and then takes all the paper and goes in the bathroom with it. Oh, that's funny. That's perfect. Yeah, it's a good movie. Free paper. <laughs> all right, let's grab some more. What is this? Roberto Lara says, I was hoping for far-right musketeers, but Ultra MAGA sounds like whoever wrote that for Biden copy stole it from Goku's power levels. <laughs> right. Biden is literally stealing from history and making everyone forget the actual history. Somebody said, I think I may have missed it, but they were like, we need a... Trump anime, uh, one, one Punch Man. Do you guys ever see One Punch Man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really, really popular among non-anime fans for some reason. And it's like, it's, it's a good, it's about a guy who's just like, for some reason, godly and he could like punch and defeat anybody, but he's kind of dumb. So it's funny, but uh, I'd love to see a One Trump Man. And it's just like, someone made, um, there's an anime called My Hero Academia and they made it, there's a, the, the, the superhero in it that everyone loves is called All Might. So then someone made a comic called Walmite, and it's Trump as the main guy. (laughs) (laughs) Superhero Trump. Someone is working on an Ultra MAGA comic book right now. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Chris Light says, we love TimCast IRL, but Tim, please stop saying Russell Feathers. It's Ruffle Feathers, LMAO. Russell Jimmies. Russell Jimmies, is that what it is? I was combining the two. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's good. Good combo. Joseph Liberty says, can you bring the dad off of Gen X Talks on here? I don't know who that is. Who is that? Hey there, I looked that up. Maybe. All right. Maxwell Griffin says, why don't people identify as Supreme Court justices and vote to uphold Roe v. Wade? That's a great Uh idea. I identify. (laughs) They want to expand the court. Cigars and cig arms. The U.S. government is the most violent and extreme group that has ever existed in this country. Their body count of innocent people is in the millions. Based. Yeah, I believe that is true and correct. Lots of children, too, under Obama. Dead. Mm. All right. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Light up the base and I'll glow to the extreme Iraq MAGA-like ultra civil war. Yeah, Tim told you. Ice, ice, baby. Wonderful. All right. Toy Painter says, there will be no civil war. If it comes to violence, the right will roll over and take it like the left's prison be. The right are all talk and no action, sadly. Well, I don't completely disagree with that, but the right's sure been winning a whole lot of stuff in the, in the past week or so. It's been crazy. It's been great. It's been yeah. just chaos and implosion among the left. They've been freaking out. John Curry says, Tim, that was Melissa Francis who wouldn't let Gingrich talk about Soros. Her <laughs> husband works for Soros. No way. Really? Is that oh, true? that's insane. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Cornelius says, I missed last night's stream, so I'm sending this now. Ian, the human brain isn't finished developing until around 25 years old, so we can abort children. So can we abort children and young adults then? Being born doesn't make you human. It is what you are. No, abort is in reference to uh, a pregnancy that is aborted. So anyone that's already born cannot be aborted by that definition. 
Also, no. The answer is no. Wait to your question. Paul Renfer says, "Where? When is the Freedom Tunes stereotypical animation parody where Trump supporters power up and get Trump hair?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good. That's a good bit, actually. Their hair turns gold, but instead of spiking like Goku, it swirls like Trump. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ultra mega. Navy Sooner says, "Since we know what National Socialism is, can we change the Dem Party to the Glotzi Party, Global Socialist Party? Time to start demonizing them like they do to everybody else." You know, I think what works, though, is that we don't play their stupid games. Right. The regular people are looking for the truth. And when the Democrats lie, they go, if you just if you just come out and start lying the way they do, people are going to be like, eh, screw it. What's the point? And you have to you have to have the institutional power to lie and get away with it. If we lie, they'll just point it out. Well, I think when boomers age out, as it were, cable news is gone, just completely gone. Mm. Unless Congress protects that. Bails them out. Yeah. Yeah. But it, the, the the key demo viewership is in the hundreds of thousands. I think Tucker Carlson is like four or five hundred, and then CNN is like eighty nine thousand people. Like that's crazy. I posted a Chicken City video and it got more views than some of these <laughs> some of these hosts on CNN get. It's remarkable. <laughs> I will say politicians do less listen to the old media more than new media, though, because they don't understand new media and how powerful it is. It depends if they want to run for president. Right. They start to listen to the new media. They actually say that this new alternative media is the fifth estate. And I guess the first three estates are the three branches of government. Oh, I had to yeah. look it up. This really curious. OG Lesbian says, Tim, I'm still laughing at the firefighter comment the other day. <laughs> Although we don't agree on everything, I love watching your show. Hey, really appreciate it. So what comment? We were, when we were talking about, was that, was that the story, the joke we made about how the, the woman would give birth to a baby? Surrender oh, yeah. <laughs> Leave it at the fire department. You can drop babies off mm-hmm. at the fire department and then. The joke was like, "This is actually how you make new firefighters." Yes. So like they, Danny they, Polish Chuck. Yeah, they have to they have to raise the baby now, and the baby is like just like the firefighter yeah. teaching it how to fight fires, and then you end up with this superhero firefighter telling a story about how he came to be the best firefighter in the world. I love it. That was really funny. The firefighters teaching him to cook. <laughs> OG lesbian says, "I'm convinced my mom is a NPC." Oh no! I'm sad to hear it. That sucks. Oh. That's crazy. When you talk to the people, when you talk to the DMT people, like proponents of it, about this stuff, it's a it's weird how the psychedelic and the political kind of merge, because a lot of people were saying NPC non-player character as like kind of an insult, mm-hmm. referencing someone just not paying attention and not caring, but then you take you talk to the people about DMT and you're like, oh man, because you know we were talking to Michael Malice, and I, I may be getting this wrong, but he was saying like we're like meat puppets of some kind of entities or something and then i'm like what if some people don't have an entity controlling them the way you know you do when you do dmt like are those npcs calcification of the pineal gland i I, they can be shaken awake of course you can't have an npc without pc in there um yeah they seem like npcs because they're not like aware as aware as you are but that doesn't mean that they're not available to play sean anderson says there are two things that hold the usa together Boomers and the dollar. The next 10 years, we'll see both become irrelevant. Oh yeah, we were talking about the Russia-Ukraine stuff. The dollar, the American hegemony yeah. over the dollar. This is something that's going to be a huge story coming up because Russia found ways to kind of go around by selling their, their oil. They're in an alliance with China on this stuff. So it's going to be really, you know, really scary. It's interesting because when we talk about um, Strasshout generational theory, we are looking at, I think, the end of the winter, the fourth turning in 2028, which means 2026 should be extreme turmoil. 
I wonder if four more years is enough to see many boomers and older generation leave, younger generation come in that will create a massive upset. I don't know. Uh, it's possible. I'm, I fear my concern is without term limits in Congress that it won't. They're just going to ride the wave into the ground. I, I can't mathematically. I don't see any other. It seems probable. Uh, I'm into term limits. Ready to rumble says well, the, I can't. The question is, where are the term limits for the deep state? Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Four years, yeah, for all administrative state. You'd Ready? have to do both. I think you would have that to do both. That was what Thomas Massey yeah. said, yeah. too. Yeah. Staffers. I think it was Thomas. No, Ready? no, it wasn't. It was, uh, anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Ready to rumble says I can't believe you just med Seinfeld. Seinfeld was the funniest TV show ever created. You need more Seinfeld in your life, Tim. <laughs> you know, maybe it was at the time, because I remember watching it. But I wonder if it's like a certain kind of humor for what, like boomers and Gen X? It's a Gen show X, about yeah. nothing. Yeah. It's not a show about nothing. It's a show about four friends who have emotional problems and, and like that was, that was the idea they tried claiming Seinfeld's a show about nothing. No, it's four friends and they have interpersonal drama like any other sitcom. It's about a comedian living in New York with a wacky neighbor and a short friend who has life troubles. And there were a lot of really, like, the show was really funny in a lot of ways. But I feel like that kind of humor maybe was a lot funnier back in the day. I don't find it as funny today. It yeah, was groundbreaking when internet. it came out. Right. Yeah, we have the internet now. It was uh, Michael I, Richards, really. His one of my physical f- comedy was off the charts. One of my favorite episodes. Well, I just watched a funny bit. It was on, I think, Reddit post. Someone posted it on Twitter. Uh, who was it? It, it might have been Elijah Schaefer who posted this. He, uh, someone said, everyone needs a friend like Kramer. Kramer walks into Jerry's apartment, and he's like, hey, I got to go over to do this thing. Do you want to? And then Kramer goes, sure. And he's like, <laughs> I could have just said anything, huh? And he's like, I don't know. And they just walk out. Kramer was great. Yeah. I was thinking about this this uh, recently. I think traditional comedians can't compete with the internet yeah. because they don't have that instant feedback. Mm-hmm. Like they never had to subject themselves to Reddit upvotes or having a th- replies on a 4chan thread. Well, uh, comedians go do stand-up to test out right. their jokes and then go on tour. With the internet, you can try things out in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're doing it with thousands and tens of thousands of people. One of the best episodes of Seinfeld is when George decides to do everything of the opposite of what he would normally do. Because he's like, his life sucks. He can't get a date. His job is, you know, so he's like, I'm, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do the opposite of it. And so he like orders the opposite sandwich than he normally would. Everything goes great for him. <laughs> that was brilliant writing. That I was great. Larry David's um, Steinbrenner is just, it was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, I figured out it was Tom Garrett that was talking about uh, term limits for the administrative oh, state yeah. when he was on a show. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. We've had many a conversation about limits. It's tough. It is a difficult conversation because then you get rid of the Ron Pauls, you know? Or the Rand Pauls. But like we said up to now, I love Rand Paul. I love Rand Paul. And then you see he votes for something or he's on supporting for something like what we were talking about earlier. James Nelson says, Ian doesn't get it. The code is worthless and can be reverse engineered. Big tech's power comes from its user base. They have critical mass. Yeah, that's why the interoperability part of it. So you get not only the software code, but the access to the people as well. I don't know how you mandate a company to build a thing. You know, like you can't go to an Apple orchard and be like, we we mandate that you build an Apple launcher. They're going to be like, okay, we can't do that. Like, well, you have to. It's you like, mean command, like, Google to interoperate with other people? Going to Twitter and saying, you need to now make your company able to interact with other networks in it. They can be like, that. you're asking us to build a thing we don't know how to build. No, I mean, oh, no that, has, that has happened before. I mean, they did that to the telephone companies way back in the day. They did it to British retail banks after the financial crisis. They forced them to give all their uh, customers their data in a universal standardized format so that you could easily transfer it between banks. Interesting. But so I'm talking about they have to build a bridge. So I, I suppose it's one thing to be like, I think the EU wanted to standardize phone chargers so that every phone would use the same charger and they stop having this problem, all these different chargers. The issue with 
Twitter is that you're, you're asking them to build a protocol for which their, co- like their things on Twitter can be transported in real time actively forever between different networks. I think that it's already available. It's there. It's just proprietary at this point, the API. It, I, it could be wrong. It's a question of, you know, can they continue to be profitable and be a successful business if you ask them to do this? Where I don't think it's ever fair or smart for government to say, let's, you know, force this company to build this and then they, they would rather go out of business, right? It's, 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 I don't think it's possible, um, to force their API open to require Twitter to send their data out to third parties because it would make them worthless. It would cost them a lot of money to do, and then they're losing what makes the network work in the first place. Twitter needs to be able to make money, unless you want to nationalize it and pay for it through taxpayers. Then it's forced subsidization. But if Twitter has to give its code away, and then people do decide with interoperability, I can go to Gab instead, then Twitter loses membership and advertising revenue and collapses. But if you're on nothing. if you're on Gab and I'm reading your Twitter feed, Twitter's still getting my activity, even though I'm on Gab. But they're not running ads. No, I think the ad revenue model's dead. Is gone. So then, who, then they're not going to get the memberships. Um, you might be able to work out memberships where, like, if someone subscribes to the mega network, or, or uh, that Twitter gets twenty four percent, Gab gets twenty percent, Minds gets twenty percent, or if you subscribe and you're connected with, like, what networks are you in that you want to subscribe for? They I, all get a piece of it with a smart contract. I don't like. I don't think the answer is for the government to go in with a sledgehammer and just destroy. Twitter, as much as I like the idea, I think it's that we have to build these oh, open source interoperable systems and make people use them. Also, like do, incentivize. Them. Also, do we like the idea? This is this is another reason I want to come back to you know look at what the tech regulations are on an individual level and also who they apply to. Uh, you know, you asked me two months ago, should we regulate Twitter? I'd say yes. You asked me today, I'd say no, mm, maybe not, <laughs> maybe not, because it's it's not about you know do we support regulation or do we not support regulation, but who's in charge? Who's in charge of enforcing the regulation? Wackos at the FTC, and who's going to be affected by them? Uh, luckily, not Twitter under most of the antitrust laws, but uh, I'm sure the Democrats will try. Also, what exactly. is the regulation? That's a vague term. They'll right, exactly. You got to look at each and ind- each individual proposed regulation to see what it does, and importantly. Who will enforce it? There's a crazy person they hired at the FTC called Meredith Whitaker, and the FTC is going to be enforcing a lot of the antitrust stuff. I think Zach Bell might have the best response to Ian. He says, please explain how freeing the code won't just open up the floodgates to allow hackers to utilize or even destroy the system. Um, well, there's security code that you don't have to open up. But as long as the network itself is available to be interoperated with from a user-based perspective, I think that kind of solves the problem. And then what they'll do is they'll entwine specific core functionality with security and say you can't do anything about it. Yeah, I'm, I've never seen a network have their all their security open. I mean, that makes no sense. That would be like leaving well, copies well, of your on. key on the front porch. Ian, you know, If they don't give up their, their, their code for security, how could someone actually make spin up their own version? You don't need, you don't, well, they would get destroyed. See, I'm not a code guy. I'm not a coder. So I would like to bring people that are code developers in to talk, have a greater conversation about that because that's a good question. So, uh, to clarify, to expand upon this for those that don't understand, the, if a random, if, if the whole world knew Facebook's code, they would find every exploit imaginable to break in, spy, steal, and destroy everything from the company. You'd also have people empowering like strengthening the code and making it more resistance that's but, not it's not open source so they could probably do like bug hunt and then good people might help but they're called zero so a zero day exploit means it's spent zero days in the public sphere you open up the code from these companies and you're going to have a million hackers ex- discovering a million zero days and then you're going to cross your fingers well, the good guys yeah will find mines out. doesn't have their their 
um, security code is not free. That would be insane because then people could just hack it, like you're saying. What but about, you can still interoperate with mine. What about the code for like logging in? I don't know. I don't know. I got to ask Bill. I'd have to because if if they release their code that allows you to create your login system, then you are not secure, and anyone can just yeah. We need like a, uh, we need a unique login, like a passport that where you can log into other networks with your personal passport wallet type thing, like Facebook. Well, it's kind of what we're building with the foundation. I think the issue is any any code for any functionality of mines that goes out allows someone to exploit the system and makes it so you're not safe. Any so they have to any code. I was reading all the the, ones in chat. Sorry, I was distracted. The code for for like the the recommendation algorithm, that's probably fine. But someone will then exploit the recommendation algorithm to maximize viewership for themselves if they're smart enough. I'm I'm really not as concerned with security as I am with freedom at this point. I I, I can agree with that to the extent that um, for this show, for instance, we have to have security. Because of I'm the not saying of, that we shouldn't have security. But at I'm a certain, at a certain I'm point, you get so big, you have to have security. it. If we didn't have security, I don't know if we could keep doing right. the show. Like in the United States, they say it's freedom, then security. But like without the security, we wouldn't have no freedom. If we didn't guard and protect our borders and our streets with police and military, we wouldn't so, be free to walk around without getting our backstabbed. So the, the issue is Facebook is so big, if they released their code, they would be destroyed instantly. I don't think so. No, it's too big. It would take for it take a long time and bad policies for them to lose their users at that point. Let's read some more super chats. Sterile Hybrid says this is for last night's episode. As an intersex person, I'm no fan of trans ideology. Sex does not exist on a spectrum. As a result of my condition, I'm a mix between the two, not some magical third sex nor a transgender prop. Interesting. James says Coca-Cola has a billion users a day. Should they release their secret recipe? Uh, not unless they're part of the commons. What does that mean? If everyone uses Coca-Cola's network every day to it, communicate with each other or to get from place to place. All right. Calvin Ramsey says, hey, Tim, 30-year-old skater here. Curious who your favorite skaters are currently. Been digging Ace Pelka and Mike Anderson lately. Love the show. Uh, Johnny Geiger is... Um, I hope I'm getting his name right. Yeah, Johnny. One of the best. He's a flip trick guy and just absolutely one of the best. Really great game of skate with him uh, over at the barracks. I forgot the name of the guy who was up against. Uh, Joslyn, I'm actually wearing his shoes right now. And these are like some of the best shoes. Oh, you can't even see it because the camera's in the wrong cool. <laughs> uh, so I got the Joslins on right now. These are great shoes. I've mostly been um, doing inline recently uh, just because i just having fun. Just doing something new and something different. So I haven't, I just kind of felt like I got to the point in, in skateboarding where I've done too much. Like I've just done so much in, in skateboarding. I wanted to do something different. So I started blading. We got some people here who blade and everyone kind of does it. The other issue too was we built the skate park. Nobody used it. It was literally just me skating by myself all the time. And uh, the thing about inline is that almost everyone knows how to inline. So it's like you get, you get a pair of blades and someone can put them on and at least ride around and go do stuff. So it's actually just easier to do community stuff with 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 inline, but uh, it's still skating every so every 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 so often. But I thought a good thing to get would be those rings, you know, the hanging swinging rings. Like that'd be a cool thing to get. Yeah, we cheap. gotta we want to do some kind of like parkour little thing. Maybe we can do those. it in the front because arm day. Gotta get yeah. gotta get arm day. <laughs> All right. Hugh Jennings says, never listened to Alan before. His voice reminds me of Alec Guinness. A lot of people commenting uh, on your voice. That's a huge, uh, huge compliment. I am going to give gadgets to James Bond after this, by the way. He's just finishing his uh, gender transition. (laughs) Oh, yes. And racial transition, right? right. Okay. 
What did we do? I just had one. Where did it go? Stuart Cooper says, Techie me partially sees Ian's point of view on the free the source code, but creator me sees an issue. The intellectual property loss could apply to written works such as novels and screenplays. Not if they're not the commons. This is a very unique type of technology. If you, you, you can't, screenplays are not used to communicate across large swaths or, so it's, no, I'm talking about communication plat, tech platforms. It's a very specific function. I don't know. Maybe there would have to be something like, well, first of all, the security issue, I think you can't get around. Mm-hmm. Like if people can see the code for how Messenger works on Facebook, they will learn how to inject and take over Messenger. And it, it, you and can China, already do it. China will do it. <laughs> well, so uh, when I went to Venezuela, uh, I was say you know doing a bit of trolling too because they were threatening me and stuff. When I left, I got a message from a friend of mine saying, dude, what's going on? The FBI called me. You need to call me back right now. So I call him. He doesn't answer. Call him. He doesn't answer. Call him. He doesn't answer. Wait a few hours. He calls me back and he's like, this is someone I hadn't talked to in like four years. And he was like, dude, what's going on? You calling me all morning. And I was like, what's up with this FBI hitting you up? And he says, what are you talking about? And I was like, you messaged me on Facebook. And he was like, no, no, I didn't. It's like I haven't talked to you in like four years. And I was like, okay, I got a message from you on Facebook saying the FBI called you. And hey. he's like, bro, I didn't, I didn't do that. So what we think was I consulted with some security experts. I screenshotted the image, sent it to him. I think I still have it, actually. I think I posted it not too long ago. And what they said was Venezuelan hackers did an injection attack on Facebook they knew where to send certain information to make it appear as though my friend had messaged me. They wanted me to make a phone call so they could pinpoint my location by triangulating cell towers. They thought I was still in the country. I wasn't. Yeah, those networks are compromised anyway. Um, and we need peer-to-peer encrypted messaging on basically as a function written into our daily behavior. Mick Chillis says Facebook has an entire library of open source code to support developers. It literally took me 15 seconds to figure that out on Google. There's some, yeah. Most companies have some open source code. Google does too. Alphabet, I guess I should call it. Seriously, JK says, Ian, I am an expert on IP law and am a SME in software architecture. You have no idea what your ideas even mean. You don't understand open source, SW licenses, or business. It's brutal to listen to you say this stuff. That's really vague, man. You've got to be a little more specific if you want to make an argument. Max Stahl says, Tim, have you ever thought about what it'd be like to be the carrot from Pajama Sam? What is Pajama Sam? I have no idea what that is. I don't know what that means. uh, JXN says, Twitter is working on freeing the code by developing an open standard for social media. See Jack Dorsey's December 11th, 2019 thread on Twitter. Search Twitter is funding a small on Google first result. Yeah, I know he's been saying that he's never done it. That's why I'm kind of like, I don't know, whatever. We're working on right now with an open index protocol as part of the package that we're building right now. All right. Patrice Bake, we'll do this last one, says, Lydia, Carlin Borisenko challenged you to a boxing match. She's well informed about women leaving the left. A boxing match, huh? I'm pretty sure I'm about a foot taller than her, but we could try. We're probably in different weight classes. Might be fun. Well, all right. All right, everybody. If you have not already, please smash that like button to help support our work. Subscribe to this channel, share the show, take the URL, post it wherever, because the grassroots marketing is how we've grown this show and got to the point where we are, so uh, we're eternally grateful for all the support. Head over to TimCast.com, be a member. We're going to have that members-only show coming up at 11 p.m. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast basically everywhere. I guess me saying that has resulted in people following me on Twitter, because I was just thinking, like, why do I have so many Twitter followers? Huh. I guess that's it. Well, thank you for following me. Elon's probably helping, too. Yeah, Elon tweeted out that meme and me crazy days. Uh, Al, you guys want to shout anything out, Alan? 
Uh, just as always, follow my writing at Breitbart News. I post my articles on Twitter as well for the latest happenings in the world of Silicon Valley bias and censorship. Uh, I have a big paper coming out tomorrow about big tech's uh, interference in the 2020 election. It's uh, bigtechpaper.app. Cool. Awesome. Cool. And Twitter, what's your Twitter handle? Just John Schweppe. Beautiful. Yep. Uh, you guys follow me, IanCrossland.net, where you can find all my social medias and get in touch with me there. I'll catch you later. Thank you guys for tuning in this evening. I had a great time learning about all this techie stuff and a lot of fun talking to these two cool dudes. You guys can follow me on Twitter and minds.com at sourpatchlids. Sourpatchlids. I forgot my own name. And you guys may see all my socials at sourpatchlids.me. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We will see you all at timcast.com. And in the meantime, why don't you go watch some chicken sleep mm. over at youtube.com slash chicken city or chickencitylive.com. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see y'all soon. Bye, guys. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.